This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that is as explosive as a Reese James rocket. As Fabrizio Romano would say, here we go. Well, he'd probably say it in Italian, but in the English he'd say, here we go. And indeed, the Premier League season that they are already calling, season 2020-21, has kicked off. And we all have a warm, not even a worm, we can have a worm glow if you prefer, but I've actually written warm glow about it all. Well, most of us anyway. Now, Chelsea kicked off their campaign against Brighton yesterday and we were all eager to see the new expensive signings. But with Zayach, Chilwell, Silva not ready yet, we only got to see Tim O'Werner, the new Irish striker that we've signed, and of course Kai Havertz, who both made their debuts. Now, uh, Werner looks a real prospect with pace and an eye for goal. Havertz could clearly do with a few more weeks to bed in, but it signals exciting times ahead. I'm excited anyway. Uh, The key for Frank, I think, will be how to fit them all in. Uh, To do so, without Zayec, Pulisic, Kovacic, he opted for a 4-2-3-1. Uh, or the uh, the almost the almost Ted Rogers formation for those old enough to understand that joke, uh, with Ru- Ruben Loftus Cheek as the number ten and Mount and Havertz either side of him. Now, in truth, it didn't really work, and he looks a long way away from the player he looked destined to become before his Achilles injury. Either way, Chelsea picked up a somewhat fortuitous win to get the campaign rolling, thanks to a hop, skip, and a jump from Jorginho a rocket from Reese and a Zuma goal from a corner. The question is, would they have got this result last season when not playing at their fluent best, which clearly they were not last night. And we will get into all of that, all of that for the next couple of hours. Uh, but before that, the title of tonight's show, of course, is Brighton Rocket, Chelsea Fancast number 521. And tonight, 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 tonight. Well, I have a, I, I have a real treat for you lot out there. By the way, hello to everybody in Mixler. Now, I have a real treat for you lot because not only, as I said, 
the other week, uh, we would have the Smut Buddies on for the, a reunion of the Smut Buddies for the first show of the season. We have the wonderful, yes. uh, mellifluous uh, Jonathan Kidd, as always. Whoop. But, you know, due to a, a bureaucratic administrative error on my part, I mean, talk about trick. We're delighted to have the wonderful Clay- oh, Clayton Beerman. I'll introduce first the the. Uh, there we go. The accidental Clayton Beerman tonight. I'm so delighted. It's it's, it's always nice to be thought of as a typing error. When well, it was my calendar, mate, it was my Google calendar. What can <laughs> okay, I say? A calendar error. But I'm absolutely delighted to be on. Lots to talk about. Yes, there is indeed. What would it be if is. you were a calendar error? Be a bit bit uh, holy, wouldn't he? Yes, I was going to say there's holes in that. Yeah, holes in that <laughs> argument. Yeah, it'd be a bit leaky, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah all, yeah. all of the above. Uh, right. So we've heard from Clayton. Lovely to have Clayton on the first show of the season. It seems kind of right and proper that he's on on the first show of the season. Uh, now we've got the smart buddies uh, in no order of preference. Alex first because it was her birthday more recently than yours, Tony. How are you, Alex? Lovely to see you. Loving it. It's brilliant. I can't believe that day one of a new season and already people are idiots. Well, there we go. I mean, you, you could just leave that there and mic drop it and your contribution will still probably be yes. the best of all of us this evening. Um, now, the other half of the Smut Buddies, as we know, uh, of course, is Mr. Grocer Jack himself, Tony. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And, uh, and Alex shares um, her birthday with my brother. My John. brother. There you go. So uh, I, was, I, I was about to say all of the finest people were born um, on, on that day, but then that that gives my brother a big up and i'm not really sure i want to do that no quite right too now uh great to have the smart buddies back in tandem and of course the show would not be the show with this man you know he recently recovered from a shoulder reconstruction uh surgery as the they said to the six million dollar man we can rebuild him uh and of course is the wonderful jonathan kidd i'd like to start off the evening by uh uh, because it's a smut evening, I'm mentioning my knob. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had that? Have you had a transplant? Well, that's, <laughs> that's, next, that's next. I'm thinking of having everything done. Everything, everything, everything. Oh, and, uh, God, yeah. God anyway, help us. To be on the show. Thank you. We're such fantastic company. I'm very pleased that uh, to uh, everybody at Mixer and everybody listening to this, the, the Zoom picture is it's not quite right because Alex is just enigmatically It's because she's got nothing uh, on, mate. Nothing on, yeah. that's why. Yeah. But yeah. we can only yeah. but imagine. And I'm oh. perfectly happy to leave that image in my mind. <laughs> Tony, you creepy old man, you. Right, OK. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to move on very quickly. Well, I don't think Alex would have me any other way. I'm very aptly then laughing like Sid James. Yeah, quite, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> I say creepy, I say endearing. Oh, God, you're both as bad. You deserve each other. I think that's Made all I can say. Yeah, yeah, all right, anyway, on the show tonight, uh, we discuss a good win... Uh, if not uh, an average performance, and 50 shades of Kepper as he flaps and lets another long-range shot in and yet appears to have the backing of his manager. Uh, in part two, we look at the contrasting debuts of Tim O'Verner and Kai Havertz uh, with a Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Uh, there's a double uh, double meaning in that, if ever there was one. Uh, we ask, is the four-two-three-one workable? And what is Chelsea's best lineup going forward? And in part three, we reveal this. I tell you, I'm well. I am looking forward to it, apart from the fact that I had an absolute hundred-degree shocker. But we will reveal uh, the first results of the first week of the new Chelsea Fancast Prem Predictions League game, which is just a lot of fun. Uh, and 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 we have one. We have one superb email 
uh, to read out. We only have one email, but I have to say it is an absolute firecracker. So I'm looking forward to that. And in part four, uh, we're going to have a look ahead to uh, next weekend's match against Liverpool. Uh, is a rivalry being rekindled? Klopp's hypocrisy and how we see the match going. And of course, as ever, don't forget you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7pm by going to Mixler. Of course, this is a Tuesday, but other than that, it all still holds true. Uh, but you can go to Mixler, mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea fancast, where, of course, you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page, as so many of you do. We've got loads in tonight. Have we got in? Kepler4B, Bob, the lovely Bob Israel, Paul Burgess, uh, Yarin Levy, uh, Arrivero, I like that. Boomer2453, the lovely Claire McConnell, Michael Gibbon, Adam Finnegan, Matters, Jonathan Perez, Monyaki, loads and loads more. Mar- oh, really? Aurelius13, he's in. Rohan Krishnan, uh, Great Cannon. Oh, good. There's so many. I could, I could spend the entire show reading you all out. I won't, but it's lovely to see so many of you in there. It really, uh, it really does uh, just increase our enjoyment of the show. Many fold. Now, after this quick break, we'll be back to talk about the football. So, as I said in the intro, um, I think you could sum that match up, you know, quite simply by saying uh, it was a good win, uh, but it was somewhat an average performance. I mean, Clayton, you know, my my own view of it really, I mean, and I felt, I mean, because, you know, as you know, because I sent loads of, I sent you my kind of unedited Chidge's match notes, which sometimes can be quite amusing other times can be very dull but anyway I, I i kind of wrote this as i was going along and i and i kind of thought i thought it had a pre-season pace about it anyway which is kind of you know makes sense because the, the the boys and the boys only really have had about a week i mean they've had a ridiculously short pre-season Havertz has only been there for a very short time and it, and it did just lack fluidity all over the shop although you know in part two i suspect we can dissect the interesting formation and the the midfield issues therein but um you know as i said good win average performance clayton yeah i think that sums it up perfectly um i think any win on the opening day of the season is a good win away from home i think the most encouraging thing was um we had a similar performance last season and we drew so i think it's obviously an improvement i thought uh, brighton played very well um in patches. Uh, I think they were certainly the better side for the first hour. Um, and we were very, very disjointed, but I, I, you can't help but be encouraged when you win a game of football, you don't play very well. Um, as you say, in, in, in the next part, we'll, we'll dissect why we think we didn't play very well. I think there's a, a myriad of reasons. I think watching it last night was, was frustrating because you just, I think, naively think, it's a new season. You you wave a magic wand and all the problems from our season disappear. Well, obviously that that didn't happen. Um, but yeah, no. I, listen, I, I think um, it was all about three points last night, and and that's what we got. I think the other thing that we have to remember is that ev- 
everybody else who played who we would consider rivals um, won. So we had to. Mm, very good point. Um, now, JK, you know, huh. um, yeah, that woke you up. Then you thought I was going to go to the Smut Buddies, but I'm going to get. I did. I did. I know. I, did. I like. I like to mess with your heads. You know that by now. Um, you know, last night. Well, I mean, we were having a bit of a debate before we came on air because we were giggling about the tweet that uh, the tweetage that you and I had last night when I compared you to uh, a pound shop Adrian Durham or something. I can't I'm remember. I'm being sacked, aren't I? I'm being, I'm being let go. No, I was going to... I I offered you to um, Roman's Blue... What's it called? Roman's Blue... Roman's Empire Pod, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, great, great guys from LA. We've met them. They've been over and had a few know, drinks. Know, yeah, know, they're really know, good guys. I I, but, but he, asked for, he asked some questions. He wants to know any questions. Oh, for right, right. Tonight. Well, That's all it was. So yeah. I wrote down a whole series of questions. Well, I think I, off- I offered I offered you to them on a free transfer, didn't I? I know. I, I thought it was. I thought, blimey, this is a good one. I've been, I've been told via social media. How inept is that? Well, and I think I mean, that's very modern. You're very modern. I don't get a personal Very Spurs. Very Spurs. Yeah, very That's how they got spurs. rid of Danny Rose, isn't it? Very spurs <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> anyway, old Bean, what we couldn't figure yeah. out was, uh, were you... Are you for real, mate? That's what I was saying. Are you for real? Or were you just, pl- are you just playing with us, man? Are you playing with us? It was a combination of the two, actually, yeah. So what did yeah, you really... Sure. What did you think, then? T- well, tell us. I, I appreciate that you can argue that it was the first game of the season, that they haven't had much time. Um, at the same time, I thought there were some absolutely dreadful performances yeah. that are simply not good enough for, I don't care what part of the season, time of the season it is. Poor old Loftus Cheek wandered about like some bloke that is almost as if they said, we've only got 10. Uh, uh, you know, um, Let's Ruben, pick Jonathan. Ruben, can you play? <laughs> I know you haven't ever played football before, but I know you play Sunday League, but can you just wander about a bit? And just get in the way. That's what we used to do. We played Sunday League. Get some bloke. And he'd say, "I can't play. I'm useless." Yeah, but you'll you'll be a nuisance. Just stand around. That was how he played. It was absolutely appalling. And so when Barkley came on, of course the game improved because suddenly you had somebody actually doing something rather than this strange, unbelievably uninvolved sort of tottering about. I could not believe it. I thought it was absolutely useless and what a surprise when he gets taken off at half time and then Havertz for fuck's sake 90 million quid for a bloke strolling about 70. thinking oh, I'm not gonna get how many 70 okay all right well how many so oh, sorry sorry to Mr Quibbler there no, no, but, the that, but you know you see that 20 million that makes, makes all the difference so he's allowed to no, just it does. Stroll it does. all right he did one thing where he lost the ball he was dispossessed by being being a wanker and was then and 72 then, and million then, actually I'll give you two back Thanks very much. Okay. And uh, I, could, I know what you're trying to do, Chid. You're trying to stop me from, from ranting here. Would but I do that? Yes, yes Would I do would. that? Yes, you would. But, but, I, I mean, for fuck's sake, for, that's the <laughs> worst debut I've seen since Chris Sutton. Fucking hell. <laughs> what was that? Oh, hang on, that hang on. Whoa, whoa, pause, pause. He's, invo- he's invoked... He's invoked the Chris Sutton. He's invoked the Chris Sutton. That's I've invoked it. But anyway, but yes, all right, let's look at the other aspects. Yes, all right. Kepper let the ball under him again. F- flapped at the ball. Made a decent save. Oh, it's the same as last season. All right, fair enough. Okay. Frank then defends him. No, he's my only keeper. Liar. So we've got that aspect happening. We've got, um, uh, we've got uh, Werner looking great. Oh, my God, you liked something. Yeah. <laughs> he looked great. He looked great. He looks, he's a he's going to be a powerhouse. But what the fuck? Nobody's providing the ball to him. We're at Havertz, but all right. Havertz looks silky. He's got a real clip on him with the ball. And obviously, he mustn't fucking play like that ever again. Jesus Christ. You know, I'm such an, I'm so much older than all of you lot. I have never seen a debut from the supposed star 
like it. Alan Mays. What the fuck was he doing? Joe Allen. Alan Mays. What Alan Mays. Joe Allen. These stars. Bill anyway, Garner. Anyway, we'll catch up. I can second. mention about 100. But who else did I like? Very, um, Robert Fleck. I thought, uh, um, um, Rhys James, fantastic. Rhys James, you fantastic, liked you liked fantastic performance. Fantastic, great goal, brilliant. This is turning um, into Lou and Andy, isn't it? <laughs> I liked him. You asked if he was serious. You got your fucking answer. Didn't I, you? I tell you what, because yeah. I, I, Jonathan, in all honesty, and I love you too much to allow this to happen. You look like you're about to explode. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you, let you chill. Yeah, thank you. There's more. There's more. But I, I know. Won't, you know, I'm gonna. I've you... got my ma- no, two major points. Was I thought, I thought Havertz, what the fuck was going on, and uh, and um, and Loftus, what the fuck yeah. was going on. Well, we are gonna, and, and, and they were really important. And I thought, I don't know how on earth we won because we were absolutely dreadful. Yeah. Okay. Well, we we will we will drill down into Havertz and uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek very much but in part two. Thank you for two. allowing me that. No, no. Oh, I, no I, 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 I'll go and lie down. No, I, I think that's a good idea. Go and take your medication, love. All yeah, right. Yeah, we'll, yeah, I'm on medication. Yeah, I know you are. Well, I was, do you know what I was thinking while you were going off on one? I was going, yeah. you see, this would never happen if Jonathan was full of vegetarian food and uh, green tea that he that he likes to eat in the hospitality boxes and his and his yeah. dolly mixture mix. That's you see, that's what's going wrong. You, it's a bit like, do you know what the equivalency is? It's a no, no, no. At the match because you're not allowed at the match. It's a bit like me watching football sober. I mean, the rare occasion when I've actually watched Chelsea play sober, it's a very, it is literally a sobering experience. I think, Christ Almighty, I watch this every week, <laughs> so I do feel your pain. Right, okay, smart buddies, your time has come. Um, I think the first thing I would say, you know, which, it, I mean, it's such a bizarre kind of beginning to the season for us, isn't it? Because we've got so many. We've got so many new players that we're trying to bet in, but we're also we're missing some key players. And I think you know it, it was interesting. Aspelacueta not starting. I mean, you know, hell freezes over when he doesn't start. Uh, obviously, Chilwell's not quite ready yet. Silver's not quite ready yet. Pulisic not quite ready yet. Kovacic suspended. So we had five potential starters that weren't actually playing. So I think that needs to be taken into consideration, doesn't it, Tone? I, I never thought I would come across as the voice of reason after Jake. <laughs> Nor did I, mate. <laughs> well, how the world has changed. How, how fucked is 2020 for that to happen? Really? We have currently got a squad that is an embarrassment of riches. I look at that squad and I think it's possibly the strongest in the Premiership. Um, when you talk about the five that were out, um, and what we had on the bench, and who didn't play, and and I think it looks very good. I, I, I remember a thrilling, a thrilling, thrilling, thrilling game to start the season in um, under Antonio Conte in his second season, um, where we were three 0 down against Burnley and down to nine men. Okay, and we came back and we battered them for the last ten or fifteen minutes after Fabregas got sent off, um, and uh, we still lost three two. Uh, I would take last night over that any single time, right? Because it, as as Clayton said, it's important to get that start. Uh, when all your rivals are winning, apart from Spurs. <laughs> anyway. No, you said um, rivals, Tony. Well, yeah. I was, I, he was, I was talking about Everton, though, I think, maybe. Yeah I, was, yeah, I was being disingenuous a bit there. But I would say that I think... Um, I, I thought Havertz had a quiet game. I don't think he was rubbish, and it's not his fault that he's got a seventy-two million pound tag on him. He he doesn't put the price up on himself. Um, 
uh, he he's obviously very highly thought of. Um, and Frank was, you know, very very honest about that at the end and said, you know, he 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 did. He can, this has been a weird one, isn't it? The season finished barely three weeks ago, and here we are back again. Um, I don't feel like there's been a break from Premiership no. football. And I think the players must be thinking along the same lines. We've had quarantines. We've had all sorts of things going on. Um, and I think it was important. And, and also, let's let's be honest, a team that wants to win the Premiership has to know how to grind out a result. And has to know how to play its luck, how to win horrible games. It has to be that. It cannot all be Barcelona, tippy-tappy, Football dressage, as I've called it before, football. It can't be. You need sometimes to have that bit of luck. I thought we had some cracking performances last night. I thought Kurt Zuma was outstanding, outstanding. Um, and Reese James, outstanding as well. Um, Havertz was just quiet. I think he did some good enough stuff. Um, but I, I, I will defer and agree with, um, and I know we've got it coming up as a subject later on, but you know how many chances does Ruben's Loftus Cheek really want? Yeah. Well, we will, we will indeed uh, wither Ruben uh, Loftus Cheek probably witheringly. But uh, there you go, Alex. Um, Sir Frank of Lampard after the match said, um, "Hang on a minute." Yes, yes. Alex has actually me- te- texted me to say, "Me next." Mean it? Well, you are next. But That's anyway, Jane Kay, if someone was withholding his shreddies this morning, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, Alex, Alex. After the match, uh, Frank was saying that um, what pleased him about. I think he kind of recognised that it wasn't the best performance we're going to see from Chelsea this season. It was all very pre-seasony, lack of fluidity, as I said. What he really liked, and actually what I liked, and actually what Marco Worrell liked in a tweet was the fact that we did show a bit of determination and resilience. And we did, ri- we did ride our luck. There's no doubt about that. But as Tony was saying, you know, we, we, we more than ground out a result there. And I, I really do think last, last, last year, and I think this is the interesting point that Tony also alluded to, you know, we've kind, we kind of go into this expecting all the kind of awfulness from some of the periods of play last year to be eradicated by the break. But, of course, we haven't really had a break. So it's hardly surprising that we see some of the similar patterns arising. I still think it was a game we might have drawn or lost last season. Where, where do you sit on that? I think, as Frank said, they had four days to get ready. Four days with the squad. You've got lots of newcomers. You've got people who've gone. I just think, JK, I don't know, Matt, I, I feel like I need to just suspend COVID rules and cuddle you, man. I, I don't know. You just lost your shit. <laughs> <laughs> Havertz, no, it wasn't a good debut, but he's 21 and living in a new country. And I don't even think half of them are match fit. It's like you say. So instead of finishing the season in May, having going off to do the international, having a break and coming back, they've had to stay match fit all the way through, or nominally supposed to be. I don't believe that any of them are firing on all cylinders. They've had well, to they, stay- they went on holiday and all got COVID. So does that count? Yeah, all the way through... Um, which mentally is a grind. They're still playing in front of no crowd as well, which has got to be a total mind All these excuses, Alex. All these excuses, excuses for them. When Dennis Wise made his debut for Chelsea them. in 1990, he was fabulous. That's what I want to see. 
Yeah, okay, but you want to see the middle of a global pandemic, global pandemic. Oh, it was always a pandemic with Dennis. Dennis was in the middle of a pandemic, non-stop. Nobody is emotionally with it. None of them have had any time off. They're still not going to have any time off at the end of this season. Of course, none of them are playing well. I just, I don't even know why we're here doing this season now. I don't know why the Nations Cup is still on. I don't know whose stupid idea that is. I just think it's all based around money. None of it's based around anyone's well-being, is it? That's a good point. That's, that's that's always the case, though, Alex. You know, if you, yeah. you look at everything to do with football now, it's got nothing to do with anything other than money. But I mean, the the, the fact that the football came back during COVID, that was about money. That wasn't about anything else. That was about the Premier League worried about the fact that Sky were going to take their money away. But Absolutely you- no way football should have come back. But you could say that it's improving the mental health of the nation by allowing them to have an outlet. Well, not for not you, you, not for you not. no. <laughs> <laughs> you set yourself up there, kiddo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to be set up. To me, this whole scenario is a massive clusterfuck. And the fact that last season we would have rocked up and found a little bit of adversity in a Brighton side that actually played very well for Brighton. They were better. They were much better than us. They were very good. And we would have turned up last year, found some adversity, flailed around like idiots and ended up not coming away with any points. We didn't do that last night. And that will do me for day one. of this. Can I just come as an alternative angle here? There was no pressing. There was none of the none of the positivity that we'd had in any of the, the opening games last season. And yet, as a unit, they were actually better, and they defended better. Other than a dreadful moment when Dunn should have scored from the header, when Reese James decided to miss him completely and went off after someone else. The the that aspect of it, which is perhaps what Frank was pushing for was much improved. They defended much more as a unit. And I have to take my hats off them for that. And as a consequence, didn't do any of the flair stuff. You could argue that for them. I just wanted all the others to come up. No, you know, I, to I, I up. agree. I, do you know, JK, I, I agree with that, apart from an honourable exception, which we're going to get into in a minute. But I thought Zuma and Christensen... Yes, absolutely outstanding yeah and you know i've got i've got absolutely a yeah and i i've got a, i've got an issue with christensen because I, I personally just don't think he's he's good enough for us but I, th- I thought i thought they were they were solid last night i mean that that segues into something that i i mean you know when i negotiated with clayton's agent to to make up for the heinous error of my calendar misleading him his agent said well i'll tell you what we'll we'll allow him to come on for free if you let him talk about goalkeepers, because of course he is he is at goalie fifty nine, so it'd be rude not to. But to uh, having teased it a bit, I mean, I I want to talk about Kepa now, and it was quite interesting. I mean, in my notes, the first corner Brighton got, I noted it down. Third, I just kind of expected something bad to happen, and and he kind of went to punch it and just flapped at it, and missed it, and oh my god! I have to say, my own view of Kepa last night was was quite sanguine like Frank's was. I I don't think he was a horror show. I've seen him play a lot worse. I thought he made an excellent save, but I'll be honest with you, I'm 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 not convinced I'm not convinced about the long range shot going in. I mean I agree that, that, that Mount maybe could have closed Trossard down, but that's the nineteenth shot from outside the area that he's let in if you look at last season and, and of course this game, which is higher than any other keeper. Uh, I wonder whether he might have come for that cross where Dunk missed it, although, you know, perhaps you could say, well, that was the defender's issue. So I think it was a bit of a curate's egg performance from Kepper Clayton. But uh, 
I mean, go through those in granular detail, of course. But I think the real question is, is that do we really believe Frank? Frank was just doing a bit of PR spin and hopefully Mendy's on his way. Or is Kepa for keeps? Uh, no, Frank Frank was... Um, I, I actually, I had a lot of respect for Frank last night because how he kept a straight face when he said that, <laughs> I've got absolutely no idea. He's been, he's been um, taking acting lessons from JK. It, it, I, I think he probably has. Look, I mean, the, the fact is that um, he had to say that for, for two reasons. One, because you don't slag off your players unless you're Jose um, and destroy the confidence. And two... He's probably, and we'll, we'll come on to this, he's probably going to have to play him against Liverpool uh, because if Mendy's coming in, Mendy's not going to be here for, I don't know where he is. Um, you know, he's going to have to have 14 days quarantine. So he's not going to be ready for Liverpool. So yeah. my perception is that he's going to play him because the, the fact is that he had faith in him last night and picked him. And I was really, really pleased and I thought, great. This is your big chance. Um, and he failed. He failed again. And I I really wanted him to succeed, but I'm afraid that he's just not good enough. Now, you're, you're quite right that early on in the game, he came for a cross which went sailing over his head. Not good, but an improvement on the faces that last season he didn't leave his line. And... So he was coming for a cross. He then came a little bit later and made a punch. And as you said, he made a decent save. And um, it was a good save, but it was a save that he should make. And I think the defence played really well last night. Now, you could argue that, that Brighton's attackers didn't really do very much. But by the same token, I actually think that's because I think Christensen and Rudiger played really well. Um, I mean, obviously... Zuma. Zuma. What did I say? Rudiger. Yeah, obviously. Sorry. No, uh, Zuma. They, they both played very well, I thought. And I thought Zuma was was really commanding in the air. Um, but then we come to the goal. Now, the statistic that you just quoted, that he's letting 19 goals um, from outside the box, includes, uh, my understanding, that statistic is since he's arrived. It's uh, not since 2018. Yeah, so since he made his debut, he's letting... Um, 19 goals from outside the box. So there's two things here. One, he's not very good at shot, stopping long-range shots. And I, I I would, I don't know if you remember, but um, Paul Robinson, um, who was an England goalkeeper, was also susceptible to long shots. But the point is, you know, you could also point to the fact that why are we allowing players to have the time and the space to take shots from outside the box? There is an argument that there should be more closing down. Yeah. Yeah. The fact is, last night, and there's an expression that Jonathan will probably um, remember, is that when a shot beats a goalkeeper and you basically say, well, he could have thrown his hat on it, you know, because it it wasn't it wasn't that difficult a shot. It was, I don't know it's, whether he's not prepared mentally, but he should have saved that shot. There's absolutely no way that shot should be a Premier League goalkeeper. I don't, I, I don't think there's any mitigation for it. And for whatever confidence that Kepa may have had at the beginning of the game, I think it, it basically would have gone then. The, the Lewis Dunk thing, no, he wouldn't have come for that. 
I don't think many goalkeepers would have come for that. That, that was that was a cross that was that was impossible for. I mean, maybe back in the seventies, a keeper would have come no, for that. I, yeah, I agree. But I think that that was the fact that they were. You watched them. I watched it back. They were kind of zonally marking, and yeah, and, and um, Reese went with the other runner. And what yeah. I tell you, who was just standing there on the edge was um, uh, Havertz. I'm afraid was just standing in the box, not looking at anything. And uh, just meant that then that Dunn had a free run. It wasn't the goalkeeper's fault at all. That, that, that. no, I mean I, the fact is that you know you you can't blame him for that, and and I don't think you should. So the bottom line is he, he's he's not good enough. Um, the other statistic which came out yesterday was nine of the last thirteen shots that have been on target have gone in. Now I I was sort of having a think about that, and so you've got the goal from last night. You've basically got the five that went in against Liverpool. You've got the three that went in against Sheffield United. You've got the two that went in against Palace. Yes, I have done some research. And you have to look at it and say, well, how many of those should he stopped? Well, I can't say that any of them were glaring errors because this is the thing about Kepa is that he doesn't make glaring errors but he doesn't do his job, which is ultimately stopping the ball going into the bloody net. If, if we're after elite players and having an elite yeah. side, he should be making stops. We go on the show. For fuck's sake, what a fantastic save that yeah. was. Not he, he saved I did us the game. Art- he's he's I, earned I, us three points with that. Exactly. Exactly. That. Yeah. I did I did an article in the CFC UK magazine about Kepper. And I, I sort of reviewed everything from last season. And excuse me, Clayton, Clayton, I just want to interject there. Why have you got two articles? You've got an article under goalie. I didn't. It's not me. There's one called Clayton Beerman, and there's somebody called goalie fifty nine. It's just it, it, it's a complete fallacy that there's there's You've two. You've got by two me. articles in fucking. No, CFC one of them's have. an article, and one of them's an obituary. Okay. Oh, technical technical point yeah. accepted, Your okay. Honour. <laughs> anyway, so no, but I just want I just want to sort of finish off by saying. That I, I looked at all the goals we conceded last season for that article. And I, I was going through the whole thing and I was thinking, I want to put some plus points. He saved us points. And then there was a last-minute save he made at Watford from Ben Foster's header. And there was something at Crystal Palace where he's got a, a nail to something and it stopped it going in. And those were the only two times that I could see that... He, he, he saved us or won us points, and quite frankly, it's not good enough. And I, I'm just going to go on to say one more thing before I shut up and let everybody else have a go. I'm absolutely, completely bamboozled by the fact that we're buying a goalkeeper, a 28 year old goalkeeper, and that's a good age for a keeper, so I'm not worried about that. From the French league, who nobody's ever heard of. I mean, we hadn't heard of Kepper before we bought him. I'm absolutely baffled. I've got absolutely no idea why. They're, they're, they're talking about us spunking another 60 million on Declan Rice. We don't need Declan Rice. We've got Ethan Ampadu coming back next year. Go and buy Nick Pope. Go and buy an elite Premier League goalkeeper. I do not know why they are basically introducing a Band-Aid. Because it is a sticking plaster, not the, not the, the, not the Christmas song. Unless... I know that I know that Petr Cech has recommended him, yeah, and yeah. you know if Petr's happy, I'm happy, etc. But I just don't understand it. You've got to have 
an elite goalkeeper. And it, it's just, I mean, I, I, I compared it on Twitter to basically having the best penthouse in the world and having damp in the basement, because that's what we've done this summer. And I don't understand that. And that's it, rant over. I mean, Mendy hopefully will be great, but it, oh, I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm with you on that. And actually, uh, you know, I thought Gary Neville, uh, although he might have sounded provocative in the... Uh, in the post-match tee, I thought he was spot on, and we've been saying it on this show. We, you do not win a a Premier League unless yeah. you've got a decent keeper at the back sticks, and he was absolutely right. He said Liverpool had not a chance in hell while they had Madame Mignolet and the other idiot they had, Car- Carius, who threw a couple in in the Champions League final. Uh, the minute they got Allison, a decent goalkeeper, the whole thing changed. Okay, Van Dijk certainly helped. Uh, City. Um, Eduardo, he's made the difference there. You know, uh, De Gea, when he was good, made a difference. United, you know, you got to have decent keepers to win Cash titles. Michael. Yeah, and you you don't with with somebody like Kepper. I'm just going to read. I think you've done all the stats actually, um, so I won't bother with any of that. I'll just ask Tony and Alex what they think. Um, I can't see you, Alex, but do you want to squawk at me and and, and tell me what you think of that? You know what? Like, ironically, I appear to be the only person who slights in, which we're in a fucking weird place if I'm the one that's not. <laughs> the world is 2020. I mean, no, I, I tried to stick up for the guy as much as I could. Um, he's got a bit courtois now, hasn't he, with his deleting the fact that he represents Chelsea off his social media and stuff, which is like, that was the point where I was like, ah, fuck him, he can go. It's not like. I don't. He seems to think he's been hard done by. Yeah, J.K. He had gone on, and and although he's still there in his Chelsea kit, on his bio it no longer says Chelsea player. It just says like footballer or something. Or it was a few weeks ago. So I just don't think you're in a position where you should be having a paddy sulk at us. You haven't lived up to the hype. You haven't proved yourself worthy of the price tag on you. And it's not like it's not like poor Havertz who's had five minutes in a Chelsea shirt and JK's having a fucking meltdown. It's like this guy has had over a year. Uh, I'm having a pop at him. It's not a meltdown. Uh, I'm having a pop. Dude, but, that was yeah, half right. a meltdown earlier on. But I love you anyway. Um, but yeah, Kepa's had his chance. We can all agree on that, can't we? He's yeah. had over a year. Um, there's very few occasions I can remember where you could say he's won us the points, he's done this. There was the whole highly amusing but stupid thing at Wembley in refusing to be subbed off as well. And I just think he's a big man, baby, and he can fuck off now. Okay, there you have it from Alex. Uh, He's a great big man, baby, and he can fuck off now. I've had it. Um, Follow follow that, Tony. I I love her so much. I feel like like she's just spoken my words. Um, Look, I, I wanted to give him a chance. I thought uh, in hindsight, you know, Courtois looks fantastic, doesn't he? Even though he was a miserable, rather antisocial git, he was a bloody good goalkeeper. He was um, an antisocial still, with everyone still else. Still is. Yeah, yeah. And I know he, he's had his rocky times, but he seems he seems to have that, in Courtois seems to have that Gary Cahill ability of, you know, taking the taking the punches and coming back a bit stronger. Kepper, on the other hand, um, you know, he'd be... He'd be an okay goalkeeper in the middle, or you know, the Premier League. You know, people would go, okay, he's he's not bad or whatever. But as as um, Clayton said, he's he's no Nick Pope. Um, I'm a bit surprised that we we seem to have this embarrassment of riches coming through the academy and yet no goalkeeper. 
when we've got Willie Calabellero as potentially going to be our number three if we don't get shot at Kepa, if he if he takes a back seat and becomes reserved to Mendy. Um, so what's happened there? Um, why haven't we got some shining young... Oh, we did. We had Jamal Blackman, but he went on loan, mate. Yeah, then we had Bulker. Bulker, who hang on a minute, Alex. We had Bulker, Martin Bulker, who was I saw in a pre-season, and he looked exceptional. And he went off to PSG to be uh, the uh, reserve keeper to to the nipple, yeah. Ariola, whatever his name was. Yeah, I'm just a bit surprised. I mean, I think you know I maintained all the way uh, through the latter part of the season that we could have wafted thirty million quid under Leicester's nose and got Kasper Schmeichel, age yeah. 34, probably got about four or five years left in him at the top level. He's a fabulous goalkeeper. Leader. Uh, AK gives me a funny look then, but goalkeepers... No, come no, he is. He's wonderful. Well, you misinterpreted my look. It's great. I agree. That, that was that was his blue steel look, not his yellow snow look. <laughs> oh, well, do you know, I'm still not used to these, the, 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 the subtleties of no, his no, look. Wasn't, it wasn't even a blue steel look. It was a my, my, somebody sent me an email look. That's all it was. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think... Uh, and I, I think he would have been a fabulous addition and, and we would have got him because of Champions League football um, and he would have been a shoe-in and you could have used him as your sticking plaster, as your band-aid for three or four years whilst you then went out. Well, Tony, Tony, you say that. Something. If we get a if we get a keeper called Mendy, surely yeah. surely that's kind of band-aid because he's mending the wound a bit. Yeah, he? it could be. I, look, he, he could be I, I find it suspect that he's 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 coming from the very club that Petr Cech came from. Well, I think I think that's a good point, Tone. And I wonder what Alex thinks about this because I mean, I, I, I agree with you all. I've not seen Mendy play. He comes from a, 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 a you know a, a league earn uh, team, so not much of a track record there. But I mean, if we've got our our greatest ever goalkeeper at the club in a in a capacity where he can have an influence over transfers, surely Alex, you have to just trust. Petr Cech to know a good goalkeeper when he sees one. You would hope, yeah. I mean, he's a supremely smart guy who's supremely invested in the job that he's doing at Chelsea. And um, fingers crossed it's a better shout than whoever looked at Kepper and went, yeah, that's worth enough money to feed a third world country for a yeah. couple of years. All right, we're going to move on to part two. But before we do that, um, the the his eminence, uh, Mr Clayton Beerman, uh, referred to his uh, not one but two CFC UK articles a minute ago, but one of them is on Kepper and it's a very very good read. I have to say, uh, I, I write for uh, CFC UK too, but they've never ever let me do two articles in an issue, so I'm not as important as Clayton. But anyway, <laughs> he's he's look on his knob? face. You what, Alex? Did it mention his massive knob? The sun had it a did. whole. That. It had an advert actually advertising that fact. But anyway, the point is, is that you lot out there need to get your. Like we we just okay. We we can't go at least half an hour without mentioning your knob, J.K. I know it's in the contract. Um, anyway, um, yes, CFC UK. You really need to get your heads around this. It's great. I mean, people like me, Kepper, Ke- uh, me, Clayton, yeah. uh, Mark Worrell, Walter Otten, Tim Rolls, Mark Meehan. I mean, loads loads of us who are on this very show all write for CFC. Dean Mears, of course, we all write for CFC UK. Uh, and uh, you can still get it, even though you can't get it at the match, obviously. You can get it digitally by subscribing online at cfcuk.net or you can get it via uh, the post, good old-fashioned post, and you pay two quid each copy 
or I think you could just subscribe to the whole lot, actually. But uh, either way, what you need to do is to email cfcuk at gate17.co.uk and they will tell you how you can get your monthly fix of CFC UKness. And I, I'm tickled to know that on uh, the same page that uh, uh, Clayton's Kepper article is on, there's a nice big juicy colour ad for the Chelsea Special podcast, which, of course, you know we do. Uh, and uh, I went around with Martin King and interviewed loads of wonderful ex-players like Tommy Baldwin, Johnny Boyle, John Bumpstead, Paul Cannaville, Gary Chivers, Kerry Dixon, Danny Harkins, Ron Harris, Colin Bates and Bobby Tambling. And you can get that exclusively on chelseaspecial.podbean.com. Each interview is £2.99 each. They are well worth it. And out of that list, this is a quiz for you, out of that list of players that I just read out, which two... Which two congratulated me on my 27th wedding anniversary on Facebook? There will be a prize for the right answer. Well, Paul Cannaville's got to be one of them. Yeah, that's one. Uh... No, he's not on there, on that list. And he didn't either. Read the list again. Tommy Baldwin, Johnny Boyle, Johnny Bumstead, Paul Cannaville, Gary Chivers, Kerry Dixon, Danny Harkins, Ron Harris, Colin Pates, Bobby Tambling. Kerry Dixon. Nope. Johnny Boyle. Yes. <laughs> there you go. How surreal is that? Anyway, uh, it's not surreal. I say he's got a very good presence on Facebook. He has. He's a lovely, a lovely, lovely man. He's a lovely, lovely. He's a very, he's a very nice man, Jonathan. Very, very, very nice man. He's a very nice man. It's in the sand. Anyway, we will be back for part two, talking <laughs> more things like uh, Havertz and Werner and Ruben Loftus Cheek. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Righty ho, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I don't know why. We're, we're all, I mean, you know, irrespective of the football, we all seem to be on jolly good form tonight. We've got a good, a good mob in tonight. I think we're all happy to see each other. I mean, it's actually quite surreal, isn't it, Tone? Because normally, I mean, I know it was Brighton away, but normally first podcast of the season, we would have all seen each other on the Saturday or the Sunday. We'd had a few pints in the, in the various pubs. Yeah. You know, yeah. we'd all be very high on that excitement. And in a sense, that's kind of been transferred into the Zoom room. And I'm yes. I'm really happy to see everybody together again doing this. It's Yeah, it, yeah you know what I mean? So there you go. It, it, it's an oddity because I think, and we're going to have to get used to it because we ain't going back in no, that ground. I, I, I have decreed, by the way, Tone. Uh, sorry, I'm, I hope you don't mind. You just pause the fan cast for a minute. A mix of people talking about yourself. Tony, I have dec- my missus and I, because there's no football on anymore, she's really she's figured this out. So I have to keep taking her out to places around Hampshire and little drives and pub lunches and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we went somewhere really nice. We drove across Corehampton Down the other day. Oh, lovely. We're on the way. We're basically on the way to Warmford. And I said, you know what we need to do? Because there's no football. And I said, we'll go and see my mate Tony and his lovely missus of a Sunday. And we can drive down to Clanfield and we'll go and have a pint with them. And she was well up for that. So there we oh, go. Yeah, good. Expect good. to knock on the door one weekend soon. Anyway, we, we just are. Do, just don't do it on the 26th. 
We'll be in Welsh Wales. Okay, we'll do it on the 26th then. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) so uh, yeah, we digress. It is great to be back. It's great to have all my chums with me again. And they are, of course, Tony, who just heard from the lovely Clayton Beerman. Hello. The lovely Alex Churchill. Word. And... uh, I mean, I've seen him, you know, talk about having no pre-season. Me and Jonathan have been seeing each other on Zoom nearly every week for the last 500 years, and I'm still not bored of him. How about that? That's the mark of the man. Lovely man. Why would you be bored of him? He's a very nice man, Clayton. Thank you. EI Adio, we've won the cup. There we go. There we go. So it's good to be back. It's also good to see all of you lot, all of you lot in Mixler. Of course, there are loads of you in here tonight. I love it. So many of you. I can't read all your names out, but trust me, I love every single one of you, and it's great to see you. Right, enough piffle and waffling from me. Piffle's a great word, by the way, for those unfamiliar with it, not not common to the uh, English speakers amongst us. It is a great word. Piffle. I intend to use it throughout this season. Uh, right, now we're talking Brighton-Chelsea. Chelsea, amazingly enough, you might not even realise this, but we did actually win. We won 3-1. Who knew that we'd actually won three points, scored three goals? Uh, Zuma, of course, scoring the best one, uh, coming off his arse or a defender. That's what I like. I don't care. Shit house wins suit me every time. Now, one thing I think that we are all 150% agreed on tonight is Tim O'Werner, uh, signed from uh, Cork Rangers in the summer. Great Irish strike. Sorry, T- Tim O'Werner. Sorry, it's a spelling... <laughs> It's a, it's a, it's a, you know, finger trouble, whatever. And Timo Werner, I've got to say, I mean, there's been so much hyped about this chap. Uh, we've all seen, you know, his goals for Leipzig last year, uh, the way he destroyed Tottenham Hotspur, much to our delight. Um, but I just think his movement. I mean, there's been a lot of talk on Twitter today, which I thought was very interesting, comparing his movement to to Crespo, which I think is an interesting comparison. Mm. He's clearly got pace to burn. I thought the way that he he made uh, our first goal, I mean, you know, Jorginho, uh, sub, I can't remember who it was. Who, who, I think at, 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 I can't remember who, who passed to him instead of a Leicester player. And he, and, he, and he did a good thing, actually. He put it forward really quick, but he did overcook it. So Werner had a lot to do to chase that down. But his determination and his pace to get there was what won that penalty. I, I don't think Ryan thought he'd get there at all. And I, I think it, it was more clumsiness and shocked that he'd got there than deliberately pulling him down. But I think Jonathan, he, you know, he looks really good. I think he could be, he could be the real, the real humdinger this season. He looks such an intelligent forward, doesn't he? He's, he's looking for, for moves. He's always hanging around on the try. He was offside the first two occasions. I thought, Oh my God, he's going to be somebody who just spends all his time being, it's, it's Maratta all over yeah, again. But did you, did you see, did you see in the second half, he ran yeah. round from, he did a circular run. To stay on side. There was a wonderful move, in fact. So he learns. Havertz was involved in where he, great pace came out. I mean, he obviously got all the skills, Havertz. He just played like a kind of girl's blouse. Oh, sexist. And, um, uh, and he man's ran... Man's blouse. Quickly. Man's blouse, yeah. Played real quickly. And ha- work Werner did a kind of move round and was absolutely on. Then he maybe gave the ball to Loftus-Cheek, who was completely away with the fairies. It was just absolutely bizarre and got tackled. And you thought, no, proper, proper movement here. Wonderful ball. Brilliant move by Werner. He's in. It's a goal. It would have been a goal without any shadow of a doubt because he, he has that kind of incisive look about him. No, I, th- I think he's, uh, um, he's a terrific purchase and clearly is. I mean, 
what's going to happen to Abraham in this situation? What's going to happen to Giroud? Because does this mean that he's going to play four-two-three-one, or is well, it? We're going to we're going to talk about that at the end of this part uh, in, in granular detail. Essential that we then we 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 fold this in to the to the uh, the recipe. Yes, but if you if you do that, you're leaving out the main ingredients. Indeed, which are um, Tony and uh, Alex and Clayton. Okay. Well, no, no, about all the other things we've got to talk to about uh, before that. But, uh, I mean, who, who, Clayton, would you like to, to opine about Havertz, Tony, Alex? Who would like to go first? Havertz or uh, Werner? I'm sorry, Werner. My, me bad. The only thing about Werner that concerns me, because he has a head like a concrete slab, is if that him and Harry Maguire ever have a collision face on face. A skyscraper world, will ensue. Axis. Yeah, that's a good point. And matter, won't it, Alex? It'll be like there'll be a, a whole rip in the space-time continuum. Yeah, it'll be like that General Zod versus Superman thing. Yeah, exactly. That's what it'll be like. They'll both end up in the zone. Zone. <laughs> He seems charmingly enthusiastic, determined to play with his dead leg. Uh, he's just come in, fired up, hasn't he? Love it. He, had, he had the perfect start. Apart from a goal. Other. Yeah, the other guy, poor soul, didn't. Well, let, let's talk about the other guy, Alex. I mean, you know, yeah. we, we said earlier on, and, and I'll stand by this, is that he did look undercooked. I don't think it's a surprise because he's he's only just arrived. He's not had any time with the team. They've all had about four days training. Uh, he's also a lot younger. You know, he, he this guy's at a very different stage in his career. It could take him a while to settle in, I think. But, I, I, you know, there were flashes of what he looks capable of. And I also think, and we'll talk about this later, but I, I'm not entirely convinced that the system helped him uh, because of who he was playing with. But we'll get to that in a minute. But, Alex, I, I, was, I, I think there's enough there to work with. I think we could see a, a super player in there somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just refer everybody back to how terrible Ramirez looked when he first arrived and what he ended up achieving with us. Um, whether he fulfills the entire 75 million odd price tag who knows but I'm definitely not going to judge him on the last no, night well quite right I mean Clayton it's one game I mean you know one game from a player who's had no pre-season has only just arrived hardly you know, knows well, his team he's got a proper Peggy Mitchell get out of my pub look on his face right now oh, I was yawning I'm looking at a list <laughs> no he's concentrating he's concentrating no oh, yeah I, I know, I know he's concentrating because I can hear him bashing away on his. Well, at least I hope it's his keyboard. He's bashing oh, away. I'm so apologise. Leave that. your knob alone, J.K. Um, Clayton, uh, you know, do you think that that's? I mean, you know, it, it, I, I just can't understand why. Why do people not have perspective anymore? And I'm not, I'm not having a dig at you here, J.K. Why do people not have perspective? Well, can, can I just say, first of all, <laughs> um, I just, I just want to praise my son um, because. I think you've said it, Chidge, on a number of occasions that you're not really interested in football. You're just interested in Chelsea. Yeah. And I think, you know, that is my perspective. Whenever I hear about a player, uh, I just ask my son, is he any good? Who's he played for? And all the rest of it. My son, basically two years ago, no word of a lie, basically picked out Dino Verma and Kai Havertz and said, I really hope that we get these players because they're brilliant. And that's no word of a lie. I think that people are going to have to get used to how Kai Havertz plays. Kai Havertz, because um, I watched him in, I can't remember what game it was. I think it might have either been a Germany game or uh, the Bayern Munich game um, when football just started up, because I just wanted to have a look at him. He's one of those players. 
he, he will basically get people's back up because he appears to be doing nothing. I think the thing is that he needs to fit in with his teammates. And what he does is he creates things. He scores goals. He takes up fantastic positions. And if you're expecting anything more than that, you're not going to get anything more than that. But this guy is, is good. And I think when you consider that his manager was one of the best midfield players um, of his generation, I think this guy will just get better and better. And I think you're just going to have to have patience with him. Um, you know, I think Alex said he's a young guy. He's just moved to this country. He's been here five minutes. Um, you know, football in empty stadiums has got to be weird. And I just think that, yeah, I think the, the world's gone bonkers. That I mean, I think I actually quoted something last night because even before the team was announced last night, people were going mental on Twitter. Now, obviously, you can't take Twitter as any sort of barometer of normality. <laughs> but I just basically said, what the fuck are people on? It's just bonkers. We haven't even named the team yet. It's mad. It's absolute madness. I mean, yesterday, our performance was below par for all sorts of reasons, but we won. Um, anybody, and I love JK with all my heart, but anybody who's judging Kai Havertz on last night is, I, I think what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to keep that clip, um, Gigi, and then play it, play, it, play it back to JK at the end of the season. He was shit in that game, that's all I've said. He wasn't shit. He, was. he, was, he, wasn't, he wasn't very good. Oh, good, but, thank you. Oh, good, that's you. But, but he is not a shit player. You no, can't say, why did we spend... No, but you said, why did we spend all that money on it? I didn't say that. I said he just... You said it was one of the worst debuts you've was, ever seen. It was. For especially our top player. Hazard didn't play like that when he came in. I'll always go back to Dennis Wise. Dennis Wise, fantastic debut. I want... Fantastic. No, well, the only reason why Dennis Wise was considered yeah. a fantastic venue, uh, <laughs> debut was because he could actually take a corner. Which we no. haven't seen for many years. <laughs> no, he was very good on his debut. No, I just but want I, I just I just think patience. That that's all We're I mean, as patience, you say. And We're gonna, you can't carry on playing like that. He won't carry on playing like that, I promise you. And I think you Chid, you've you've got to sort of move it on because I think we need to talk about the midfield last Well night, you, you've segued in no, but you, you have segued you have segued into it beautifully. And I think, you know, over and above the fact that Havertz hasn't had a pre-season as in fact not many of them have he's only just turned up so he doesn't really know anybody but I do wonder how much this was compounded by the fact that we played 4-2-3-1 where we had um, Loftus-Cheek nominally playing the number 10 role with uh, Mount and Havertz either side of him with Werner up front and and as we were saying earlier on and and this is the kind of you know with a RLC you know, he he just. I mean, I, I I it really pains me to see this. I desperately want to see. We all we have all waited so long to see that huge potential that that Loftus Cheek clearly has, that he was beginning to show glimpses of in that season under Sarri, before he got injured out in Boston. Um, I I have to be honest. You know there are there are concerns that I have, but before we get to those, I think the fact that you know Loftus Cheek didn't impose himself on the game whatsoever just really screwed with the balance totally in midfield. 
You know, I mean, I thought that Mount had a really poor first half. He just wasn't in the game, uh, you know, and you would have expected Mount to just carry on where he left off because I think he's that good of a player. So I think that formation, Loftus-Cheek as the number 10, not not having any sort of a game at all, will not have helped the situation vis-a-vis Mount and Havertz. And I actually thought, you know, that uh, there were signs in the second half when it looked a lot better. I, you know, the busyness of Barkley, actually, I think really, really helped for a start. Uh, and I just thought Chelsea were a bit more, you know. That, I think you know Brighton scoring after that Trossard game really uh, goal really really woke them up a bit, and they started playing a bit better after that. Um, but let's go back to, um, you know, to uh, to Barkley. I mean, I just kind of have a feeling, chaps and uh, and chapesses, that you know he was given a chance by Frank to say, look, here's the number ten shirt, effectively, you know. It's going to be really tough this season. We've got a lot of really world-class players coming in. I I have faith in you. I believe in you. Go and grab this opportunity. And and for whatever reason, which is what I think we should get into, he singularly failed to do that, irrespective of the fact that it's the first game, irrespective of the fact that it's pre-season. Because what I worry about with, with, with Loftus-Cheek is that there are so many potentially good players in and around that side. That I, I just How does he get in? Tony, how does he get in if he plays like that? Obviously, and we've been talking about this guy for four years, if not longer. Um, and we've been building up and building up. And even pr- prior to Sarri giving him big chances, he he never really took... Um, I've sat here with JK and said, what did he do? What has he done in that game? What was his purpose? And I... I in a way, I'm glad that we've persevered with him because we've often written off players too quickly at Chelsea. We've said uh, he's had two or three shit games. But last night, he was given the start in an important position and he looked completely lost. He looked, he did not look good enough to be in Brighton's team, let alone ours. Um, and I, I, I'm losing patience with it. I, I think ultimately, when you look at the other players that are in and around him, Look at the difference it made when Barkley came on. Now, Barkley, um, it seems to be accepting a role as a bit of a water carrier in the sense of a Didier Deschamps, nothing too spectacular, but he will get in there, he will pass, he will make things happen or whatever. Um, and but uh, whereas RLC, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I honestly think he'll be sold or he'll be shoveled out if he doesn't pick Bucky's ideas up. There was a clip of him at the end when the play when the, when the game finished. And he had his his uh, his bib on and all this, and he was and he, he he did not interact with any of the other players. He's just walking around with his drink in his hand. Now I don't know whether something's gone on, um, whether the, the the competition has freaked him out a little bit in the sense of all these other players coming in. Uh, how look, a lot of it has got to be mental. That was a serious injury. Um, the, look, the number of players that had injuries like that. Uh, that didn't come back to what they were. Michael Owen, Kerry Dixon, arguably when he got a bad injury, he was never the same player when he came back. That often happens because every little twinge, every time there's a tackle, they're thinking, what if, what if, what if? And I'm not sure you Well, can ever... you know, 25 years ago, mate, that's a career-ending injury. Exactly. Uh, uh, and I still think that, that that may be playing a part in it. I, I, how you get past that, I don't know. And for, I, as I was just saying, I'm not even convinced the best psychotherapist David Chichi I might, I, Chelsea I know you listen uh, my services are yeah. available 
my fee will be double what it normally is because I know you've got loads of money. But other than that, I'll excuse, do it. It doesn't excuse the fact that we were we didn't have a great performance last night, and he was primarily a reason when you're trying to play through a player that is lumbering around, that is unable to pass the ball, is unable to win the ball, is unable to do anything. Listen, for all you think about Jose, RLC would have been hooked after 10 or 15 minutes last night. Yeah, he would have been, yeah. We yeah. certainly would have been off at half-time. Yeah. And you're 100% correct, Tony, because, I mean, for, for whatever our, our, our faults were last night, we basically played the first hour with 10 men. Yeah, yeah. And I, I honestly think... The club, and I think a lot of the fans, people like me, are getting to a point of saying, Why are we persevering with him? If no, we, something happening, get shot of him and he goes and he makes a success but elsewhere, then fine. I think at the moment he is no better than Dominic Solanke. Well, I tell you what, that this also, Jonathan, do you want to make a point then? I... Well, no, I, I just, I, I, they must be just worried about what there must be something. He must be doing better in training for for Frank to select him because Frank mm. is so, wow. so keen on it being a, a, the level of performance. So, what's happening when he's getting on the pitch? I because... think it's a mental issue, Jonathan. I think it's a mental and a physical issue. I think the injury is having an effect on his mentality. I think the injury is having an effect on his physicality because we all know because of his pre-existing back condition, he's he seems to have lost a lot of weight. He's not as bulky as he was. And I, he does. He plays like a player who doesn't believe in his ability or his body. And I think there's a big mental issue there. But look, we, we're watching from a distance. We we just, can't we can't say that with certainty, Alex. Yeah, I just want to add in that uh, this is. I'm not taking the credit for this. Uh, one of my chums is listening on Mixler. Hey, Steve, you get as just pointed out. Don't forget the constant back injuries as well. Yeah, before. that's what I was saying, wasn't so it? When you're talking about like his body, it doesn't necessarily, we're not just talking about the knee injury. It would be awful if someone with so much potential was not going to be the player he could have been because just because his body gave up on him. But you're right. I mean, it's a possibility. It's yeah. a shame that, that one of the things about him was he was such an enormous unit. There was a whole mm. We've talked about this before. There was a Hullet-like quality about him because players bounced off him because he was yeah. so huge and he had such an ability on the ball. And the thing about it, what I like, is we all want him to succeed because we've seen the potential. We want something to happen. So it's it's becoming disappointing. And I think fr perhaps Frank is, well, it is coming. It is disappointing. Frank possibly is seeing the same thing. And, he, he you know, they're not mugs. They're going to look at it and go... Well, he's not contributing. I mean, he made Barkley look good when Barkley came on. It was only then, after about 20 minutes, when Barkley decided to be caught in possession four times in a row. And you thought, oh, no, Barkley's shit, isn't he? I forgot about him. <laughs> but you like his bum, JK. Right, look, we've got to... Alex likes his bum. No, no, it was you. I, I know you. Were, I know I know it was you. Alex told me it was I'm, you, I'm, really. I've got, you know, Vanovich like, has a fantastic bottom. And he's now back. I know, I know, I know. Hurrah! Stay on point. Stay <laughs> on point. Right, OK. It is a good segue, actually, because I, 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 you know, the whole midfield conundrum, the four-two-three-one. What, what occurred to me, and as always, I did a bit of homework and I've, I've done three different formations for you and team selections to try and figure out what our best lineup and formation is going forward. And I think the big conundrum that that Frank's going to have is how how on earth is he going to squeeze all of this talent into this side and find the best formation. I kind of got the impression last night that he was trying to squeeze a pint into a, a, a court into a pint pot last night. So, you know, and I think the what it really comes down, I mean, you know, let me just list the three. Four, two, three, one, I've got any keeper other than Kepper. Aspie stroke James, 
Silva, Zuma, Chilwell. And then I've got Kante and Mount in a two rather than Kante and Jorginho. We've got Pulisic, Havertz in the 10 role, Zayec, and then Werner. Of course, if you do that, you lose our player of the year last year, which is Kovacic, who was essentially an ideal foil for Kante in a defensive formation. 4-3-3, what he played mostly last year, any keeper other than Kepa, uh, Aspie or James, Silva, Zuma, Chilwell. I mean, that's clearly our best defence. And of course, what this also means, by the way, folks, is that I think Aspie's place is under serious pressure this year if James keeps on putting in a shift like he did last night. Then we've got the traditional three in the midfield. So you've got Kovacic, Kante and Mount. And then you have, you know, the width from Pulisic and Havertz with Werner up front. Of course, that means there's no place for Zayec, who we've spent loads of money on and is a tremendous winger. If you go 4-3-2-1, which is the classic Ted Rogers formation, of course, you have any any keeper other than Kepa, uh, James or Aspie, Silva, Zuma, Chilwell. Now, this is weird, and this just shows you how fucked up this is and how difficult I think it's going to be for Frank to try and fit everybody in. You could go Pulisic, Kante on his own, effectively, in the three, uh, Zayec, Havertz and Mount playing as kind of ten, dual, dual, two tens behind Werner as the striker. But the reality is, number one, I think Aspie's under pressure for his place uh, at right back if James, you know, is is as good as we think he can be. I think there's a real problem trying to squeeze Mount into this with Pulisic, Zayec, Havertz and Werner all around. Um, And I cannot see how Ruben Loftus-Cheek fits into this and therein lies the problem. So you've you've heard me waffle on about that. Clayton, what, what do you think of that analysis and... You know, how does Frank fit all these players in? Is Aspie under threat? Is Mount, you know, under threat? Which I I can't believe he would be because we know how much Frank loves him. Who misses out? How does he fit them all in? I I think you need to sort of just stand back because one of the things in all uh, the the different formations, you didn't mention Tammy Abrahams or Callum Hudson-Odoi at all. I think the thing well, is, I think, that, I think I think that they they are effectively reserved. So if Pulisic is injured, Hudson Odoi yeah, plays. But, but if Werner's injured, think Abraham plays. Giroud, yeah, Giroud. I, I, yeah, and Giroud. But I th- I think the thing is that you could say that to Pep. You know, the, the, you look at the bench when when we had our halcyon days. Our bench was always amazing, and that's what it's going to be now. I think that. One of the things, uh, and we talk about Frank coming under more pressure this year because he's got a better squad and what have you, is that he's going to have to work this out. It's not your problem. It's not my problem. It's a great problem because basically we are now getting back to the point of having two world-class players for every position. Yes. And the other thing that I think is interesting is Frank is going to have to earn his medal because what he did last night was, and I, I don't know, in terms of injuries, how he could have done it any different. But I've never, ever seen us play well with Kante and Jorginho playing in the same team. And of course, and he, had, he had no choice last night because, of course, well, Kovacic was injured. Well, oh, Kovacic sorry, suspended, was suspended. suspended um, yeah, but he did have a choice because you actually saw that Reese James could quite easily play the midfield, but that's neither here nor there. Alternatively, um, he could have played... He could have played Loftus cheek next to uh, well, he could have played Loftus cheek last night, couldn't he? But he didn't. I mean, he did, <laughs> but he didn't. But but I I sort of just going back to Loftus cheek for two seconds. I, 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 it seems to me that if he was 
anybody other than a homegrown player, he would be hounded out of that club because he has had a dreadful injury. But in all the games after we came back from lockdown, he was he was nowhere. He was off the pace. And last night, it has got to be something mental because it's the first game of the season. You've got a clear run. You're given that position. And he did nothing. And I, I, it was very sad. It was really, really sad. And and I, and Frank will know he's not stupid. Um, it was a fantastic opportunity. Um, I mean, in in the sides that you've mentioned, Barkley wasn't mentioned. I mean, Barkley played well last night, but Barkley did what Barkley does. He comes on, does something brilliant, yeah. looks fantastic. He took the game away from Brighton, in my opinion, yes, he, because we were then back to eleven men. But then we had the same crap as we had last year. He's he's through on goal with somebody outside him and he delays his pass until the last minute. And as Jonathan said, he gives the ball away. We have to iron out those consistent inconsistencies. Or, or um, you don't have them anymore or, or they're off for me. Yeah, I, I just think, if you, you if know, you end up as an elite club, he's got to make these draconian decisions to get rid of these players, I think. I, th I think that's exactly right. And I, I, do, I don't worry that we've got all these players because we will have so many games in such a short period of time. He will rotate and he will play the players that we need to play against specific opposition. And I, I think it's a fantastic problem. I yeah. really do. Uh, I, I'm sorry, go on, mate. Go on, please. No, no, no. The, the only thing that I, I want to say, I just want to put a lid on last night, but one of the things, and Jonathan alluded to it, which I... It might be a fitness issue, but for some sad reason, I watched quite a lot of football over the weekend. And the one thing, and I was thinking that football is going back to being boring again because this whole closing down and closing down, there's no space for anything, you know, for people to do anything. And the one team that I didn't see press a back four slash five last night was us. Yeah. And I think, I think... That was another reason why we we had problems last night. Well, I think that that's the four two three one not helping. I have to say, I just think that that Mount, Loftus Cheek, and Havertz didn't work at all. And I think I'm putting a lot of that blame down to Loftus Cheek. Final question on on this part, I think Tony. Um, I, I totally accept what I mean. Clayton's analysis of that was was absolutely spot on. Put me thoroughly in my place where I deserve to be. But I still ask the same question then. Given what we've just said, you know, we, we all talk about this and we, we talked about it a lot last season because we said Frank's got a problem with this, even with last season. You know, we, we all think that it's important for a manager to know his best 11. What is his best 11, irrespective of the subs, irrespective of the change of formations? All good managers know who their best 11 is. What will Chelsea's best 11 be, Tony? Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> what a horrible fucking question! Yeah, don't worry, Alex, because you're next on that answer. Uh, I, I, I genuinely, it's too early to tell. I, I think Frank knew his best eleven as we went into Project Restart. I think he had a good idea of it, and 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 the fruition of that, or the, the one of the key parts of that was the the loyalty and. Um, Sheer brilliance of Olivier Giroud, for example, who we've not mentioned yet, is still there, still in the squad, didn't leave. Um, 
and seems to have been happy to have, uh, have, have stayed with us. Um, but he did all of that knowing what he walked into. There was no new additions. There was just this squad with the youngsters, no transfer, uh, no transfers allowed or whatever. And the fact that Eden Hazard had gone, uh, a player that would have probably got us to third, I think, last season at the very least. Um, and and I think this is this is a massive test for Frank um, because we have gone out. We've bought Chilwell, Zayech. We've bought Havertz, Werner. Um, you know, Timo Werner, as you said. We didn't buy his um, his long lost cousin um, Albert O'Balsam, for example, um, who I would have thought would have been a good addition to the team. Um, but you know, he he he. It's a nice problem, but we've really got to work out how best 11 I think we'll see that I think we'll see something along the lines of an Antonio Conte we will get seven eight nine games into the season and we will have done okay and then there'll be a defeat and then he'll think right now I know now I know the players that can do the job week in week out we do need two good players for every position we do need that depth in the squad that we've 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 always had before when we've when we've won things um this was never going to be an overnight process it was never going to be a quick fix um and you can't ignore the likes of abraham you can't ignore the likes of uh, callum hudson adoy um and, and possibly even rubens loftus cheek we've got some very good academy products coming through um and they should relish the competition that they're going to get in some of these positions. I mean, Silva, is, Silva of all people, is very much a, a sticking plaster to try and shore up and bring that experience in. But picking the best 11, I think if I could pick best 15. Now, that's not a bad start. From the squad. But I think, I think the point that I've been making throughout this bit is that surely in an ideal world, let's forget the defence, because I think actually, weirdly, the defence potentially is perhaps the most stable we've had it for a while, potentially. But, you know... Alonso, who revealed himself in the game. Yeah, but he won't be a starter. Chilwell will start. That's my point. I agree completely. But it was interesting to see that he didn't get forward into the box, thus negating... Of course he didn't. He had Lamptey to deal with for the whole match. Lamptey took him to the cleaners. Anyway, how how on earth... I mean, you know, we all would want to see, I'm sure, the best players playing in the best 11. And that would be Kante. Forget the defence, as I said. Kante, Pulisic, Havertz, Zayec, Werner, Mount. How do you fit those six in to potentially four positions? This Kovacic. Is... Kovacic. Oh, sorry, and Kovacic. Yeah, so seven. That makes yeah. it even worse. There's seven yeah. players you've got to fit into six places. Somebody's going to miss out. But anyway, we will find out who that will be in the next edition of the Chelsea. Well, no, we won't, but we'll see it throughout the season. But it's... I want to hear what Alex has got to say. Well, she has... well Alex kind of, she, she basically uh, crapped out of that one. But she's... There's no picture. She could she could have gone for the last No, no, time. she's back because she's unmuted herself. I know where she is. So, go on, do you, um... want, to, do you want to pitch in on that, Alex? I say, like, as, as opposed to just waffling on for five minutes, like smart body, to try and cover the fact that I don't want to give an answer. Uh, yeah, I see you. Uh, <laughs> oh, goalie TBC. Um, I think Zuma and Christians. You know, Courtois coming back, Alex. Yeah, no, thug, my God, no. Um, I think I don't know at the back. I I like Rudiger. You know, I like Rudiger, and I don't Ooh, rate Christensen. Really so, like Zuma, um, I think, is pretty much nailed on now as a starter. Silva's not there to start every game. He's there for Europe and he's there to, you like sure? you say, pick in plaster. 
Yeah, it's a gold-plated sticking plaster. Yeah, I, th- I think I think he I think he starts every week, presuming he's fit. Yeah, mm, I, d- I think that would be unwise. Why? Because of his age. No, he's a fit man. He's fit. Mm. Well, as long as it's Christensen that gets screwed over and none of the others. Well, I uh, think I think Zil- Silver and Zuma are the are potentially the best centre back pairing. I think That's other than point. that, Kovacic and Kante, for me, above Jorginho, and I just I don't you don't need to figure out which four are going into the which six positions because I don't think it will ever be a problem once we start getting mm. injuries, once we start playing multiple competitions. But like you say, I think there's huge pressure on Frank now. He's had the money to spend and he's got the players he wanted. There's huge pressure pressure on Frank to make it work now, I think. I totally agree. And I think, you know, I echo what, what Tony and, and uh, Jonathan and uh, Clayton all said as well. I think Actually, it's a good it's a good problem to have, let's be fair. Yeah. So there and we go. And be nice to Giroud at all times. Always. Apparently, there's a lovely thing that uh, I think it was either Simon Johnson or our very own Ollie Harbour picked up on last night, which was... You know, Giroud was pretty much the last... You know, they all do warm-downs on the pitch afterwards. Yeah. Well, Giroud was the last to leave. He'd been looking after all the youngsters. I, I mean, I cannot have any more man-love for Oli Giroud than... I mean, Consummate pro. Yeah, absolute... Pro- and and abs- Caballero, too. Yeah, I mean, what a delight to have people like that at the club. I mean, we're just absolutely blessed. What a lovely... I hope he gets some game time, because I just love him. I love him, and he's... Can, I, can I just say that, I mean... I know the old Paul Daniels, you know, Debbie McGee, what first attracted you to the millionaire Paul Daniels. Um, But I just think that the atmosphere at the club at the moment must be fantastic. We've got all of these players, you know, and you mentioned them like senior players who seem to be content to mentor these younger players and not kick off, not moan. You know, great professionals, and you know, in the, in the same way that Sesk was a, a fabulous professional, you've now got Even Giroud doing that. You've got, yeah, you got Caballero doing it. I, I just, I, I just think we're very lucky. I think the the club's in a really good place at the moment. And the one thing that we didn't mention really was was how how bloody good you know Kante was last night at being Kante. I mean, basically quietly efficient, nipping in here, popping up there, breaking up play, does it quietly. I thought he had a super, super game. And, of course, Reese James, we didn't really mention him at all. And he, I'm, That's I'm, not like did anything. Well, I mean, I thought he had a decent game, but I think that goal was just... I mean, I mean, I, sh- I shall share this with you because there is a bit of comedy in it. But, you know, since the lockdown, or since we're not allowed to go to games, I've clearly had to be watching them all on TV in my living room. Anybody who's watched a Chelsea game with me sitting in the stadium knows what I can be like. Isn't that right, Jonathan? Um, I'm I'm even worse in the living room and the language is appalling and my wife bless her heart said you really need to think about that because you know it's quite obscene what comes out of your mouth when Chelsea play like shit and uh, and I've got some lovely neighbours and I bumped into to one of them the other week and, and they said oh yeah yeah you know oh how's the football going oh you know this that, that. yeah we, we always know when Chelsea are playing I said oh why is that said, well we can, we can hear you <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, oh my god, that is so mortifying. So, so basically, I was very quiet last night. I tried to be quiet, but when Reese James let fly and that went, and I was up like a bloody rocket, mate, y- y- yabbering away. I mean, it was just brilliant. And he's been threatening to do that all of last season. The number of times he's walloped one, it's gone over the bar. One of them had to go in sooner or later, and I'm just so chuffed 
that it did last night. Right, we're going to move on. Sorry, Jonathan, last word to you. What's good about him is that if he can improve his defending, which I think he's, he seems to be on course for doing, he's a terrific crosser of the ball and has a terrific shot and an eye for, eye for goal. He needs to brush up his interviewing skills. Taking the corners as well last night. The corners well as well. So he ticks lots of boxes. It's just a question of does Dave then become a kind of left back, right back swap and he becomes a kind of super sub. Utility player. This season, I'd be amazed if it's not the season that James takes over. Yeah, I I think so. Dave is another senior player with an impeccable attitude who I don't think will cause any shit because of that. Well, I thought I thought the one thing we didn't pick up on, which I'll, I'll just quickly quickly shovel in uh, before we let Clayton go, and that was that our captain last night was Jorginho. And, and, I mean, that sounds like a quiz question. You know, if the answer is Jorginho, what's the question? I mean, I think that just shows you what, what an absolute pickle we're in leadership-wise. I mean, I can't. I don't, I'm sorry. I just don't see Jorginho uh, as a captain in any way, shape, or form. I mean, I know he shouts and points a lot, but that doesn't make you a captain. Hang on a minute, J.K. You know, no Aspie. William would have been uh, vice captain. Uh, he's gone. Pedro's been captain. I mean, we we have a dearth of potential captains in that team, apart from, of course, a certain Brazilian chap who will probably be anchoring the centre defence for much of it. J.K. Yes, indeed, uh, Silva might be the the kind of person to do that. Um... But um, I noticed Jorginho wasn't mentioned in the seven players that we were going to. Where do you pick the midfield from? Well, he won't be playing, mate. Indeed, indeed. That's not exactly. in my, not in my team. No, he well, absolutely. So, so what's going to happen there? I mean, is he surplus to requirements? I feel that there were lots of players playing last night who were there just because the others weren't available. Well, I think that's was, absolutely was, true. Was Pulisic? Um, was it a, a, a injury? A, it was an injury, not a virus no, thing. No. Oh, it's still the injury from um, the cup final, isn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. He's not quite ready. All right. You've all done very well, as uh, Mr Grace would say. Uh, Clayton, we're going to love you and leave you now, I believe, aren't we? Unless you want to stick around. No, I'm good. Thank you very much for having me I, and uh, have a good rest of the pod. We will. I mean, delight- listening. delightful to see you as always. And uh, thank as. as... Uh, yeah, just thanks for a fantastic contribution. We'll see you, I think, in a couple of weeks' time, actually. We got you back on, haven't we? I can't Lovely. remember. Lovely. Yeah, all right. All right. Take care, everyone. Right. Cheers. I'm back. We will... One minute, Clayton. Just thank you so much for taking the pressure off me from Russ Saunders, who was under the impression that I was going to be digging out Kepper for the whole of this fan <laughs> to. He'd rather listen to, to a, a, a CD of 80s music, 80s pop music, and I suggested... Kajagugu and Limal being the kind of things he could listen to if he wanted to enjoy himself. And he said, better than that, better than that, and a broken recording. So the fact that you have had a go at Kepper is great. So Russ, Russ won't be having a go at me on Twitter. <laughs> oh, so you can have a go at me instead? Yes. Brilliant. Well, on All that right. on that happy note, we say cheerio to Clayton and cheerio to you lot for a minute. Take care, everyone. Cheers. Uh, we, will be, we, we will be back after this break. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. 
the thought of missing my beloved blue boy's life. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Football Fancast. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast, uh, our first uh, proper show of the new season. And we've been discussing Chelsea beating Brighton 3-1. And I have, as ever, with me the lovely, slightly injured but getting better Jonathan Kidd. Buonasera. We have the delightful uh, Alexandra Churchill. Boom. Happy birthday, Burgess PB and Mixler, who's 50. Yeah, well done, Alex. You've you've stolen my thunder. I just saw that whizzing through the Mixler post. Yeah, t- too right. Happy birthday to the lovely Paul Burgess, a loyal Chelsea fan car supporter and a very fine Ooh. bloke too. So there you go. And last but by no means least, we have uh, his... Uh, what, what do we call you? you you're, well, you're... I used to be, didn't I used to be the Reverend? You did. You are the Reverend. I can't remember what the you know you call me my grace or something. Your well, grace. grace, yes, I think I, I, I'm not sure what the what the uh, the pro- your reverence, like, reverence. It's just your reverence, probably, your reverence. Yeah. I think so. We have his reverence, uh, uh, the Reverend Tony Glover of Clanfield Manners. Bonsoir. There we go. Oh, well, and we had Clayton. We had Clayton for the first two parts, uh, which was a lovely little bonus. So there you go. Right now, um, basically, this kind of I've changed things around a bit this season. I mean, we're going to talk. We're going to. We have only one email tonight, but it is a cracker. So Jonathan will get on with that in a minute. But as some of you will know, who listen to our, you know, review shows um, and preview shows uh, in August, uh, we have taken part in a wonderful thing called. Prem predictions, which is a—it's not fancy football. It's a predictions league, uh, and basically, I invited you all to take part in this. Okay, it costs twenty quid for the year, but it's a lot of fun. And we now have our own Chelsea fancast league in the Prem predictions league, done by a brilliant bloke called Chiro, who's who's a really nice bloke who I've met a few times and talked about doing this. So we have a league, and the idea is that each week. We we predict the score of each Premier League game and we commit to it. And there are a few other things we do besides. And then we hope and pray that the results all pan out exactly as we said. And if we do, we score lots and lots of points. And if we don't, we do shit. 
Now, um, there are several fan casters involved in this. Uh, myself, Martin Wickham, Dane Whittle, Marco Worrell, Mark Meehan, and apparently Jonathan Kidd, although I'll get to that later. Um, and the results are out of the first week. And, uh, well, I can tell you, it's interesting. We have a league of about 30 people, all right? Uh, and uh, top of the league, he's having a laugh, is Joe Mingola with an astonishing 259 points. Now, Joe predicted uh, he got three, four, one, two, three, four, five results spot on. So he predicted 3-1 to Chelsea. He predicted 2-0 Wolves-Sheffield United. He predicted 3-0 Leicester-West Brom. He predicted 2-0 Newcastle-West Ham. And he predicted 3-0 Arsenal-Fulham. The only ones he got wrong were were Palace and Southampton. He went for 1-1 there. And he said 3-1 to Liverpool in the 4-3 there. And he said 2-all Tottenham-Everton, not 1-0-Everton. But that is astonishing. Just to give you some idea of how good Joe is, me, who is clearly the brains of an otherwise no-brain outfit, had an absolute shocker. Chidge, it, I, I made Ruben Loftus-Cheek look good. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, Christ, I'm basically at the moment, I'm 23rd out of 26. So I'm almost bottom and I got 56 points. And my, I mean, I just got everything wrong. Of course, typically the only one I got right was Brighton 1, Chelsea 3, because I always get the Chelsea games, right? But other than that, it was shocking. I said 1-1 for Sheffield United and Wolves. It was 2-0. I said 2-1 Tottenham, Everton. It was 1-0 to Everton. I said 0-0 West Brom, Leicester. It was 3-0 to West uh, to Leicester. I said 1-1 West Ham, Newcastle. Uh, and, of course, Newcastle won 2-0. Now, of course, I should know this because when we used to do this Who Knows Wins, we all learnt very quickly. Those of you who played this with me will, will remember, never, ever, ever, ever back West Ham because they will always let you down. Thus, it proves still. I said 3-0 Liverpool leads. I said 2-all Palace Southampton. I said, I said uh, 2-1 uh to uh arsenal against fulham so i had a shocker i i i what, I, what did i get in all i th- i said 56 points so i'm 23rd uh notable others martin wickham is doing best of the fan casters he's in eighth on 141 points dane 12th on 105 marco and uh mark Meehan are both on 59 so that oh chaps you've had shockers too all right i mean you're not the only one who's going to get stick this week uh and then there's the peculiarity of a certain jonathan kidd Yes. Because there are about one, two, three, four, five, six people on zero points. So seven people on zero points. Well, if you got zero points, basically you didn't uh, bother to actually do any predictions or pay Chiro, which means you'll be booted out. So I'm sorry for the guys that that will happen to. Apart from Jonathan, who gets in because he's an, you know he, he clearly is as important as I am in the fan cast. I was asked to pay. Well, you shouldn't have been. Well, I was. I got sent an invoice. Oh, no, you were supposed to ignore that. Well, I didn't. Well, you didn't pay, did you? No. No. I just, I just didn't enter. I'm going to play you. I'm going to I, I'm going to play. I mean, he, he won't know I've done this. It's a bit naughty, but I need to play this. This is funny. Chich, hope you will, mate. Um, good start for Chelsea yesterday and a very good start for the Chelsea Fancast League. Uh, not only are you the top league uh, out of the 90 or so that we've got, um, which is based on you know average scores and stuff, but one of your boys won the first week, won himself 130 quid. A guy called Joe Mingola, I don't know if you know him, 
but obviously you've got some knowledgeable people in there. Another of you guys came third. Um, unfortunately, uh, I didn't get any predictions from Jonathan. Um, I know it's not down to you to remind him, but, you know, it's it's a good chance to get involved early in the season and build up a I've bit of a, a, a rivalry and whatever. So yeah. maybe if you see him, you can just remind him to get cracking on week two and week three and get into the regular habit of doing it. I mean, uh, but it's his call. It's up to him. So there you go. Uh, Kiro. There's no mention of the fact I haven't, I haven't paid my 20 quid. No, so I'm in there anyway. You are. You are. Because you're kind of a founder. You're a joint founder of the league with me. And a shoulder replacement. I know. Fill in your bloody predictions. You even get an email to remind you. Kiro wants you to play. He's really up for you being in there. I will play. I'll play. I'll play. I'll play. I'm quite good at it. I love it. But I will play. I know. But you see, now you're a week behind. That's the thing. And I'll make up for it. Oh, I like that. I like that. The arrogance of age. I love it. Um, so there we go. It's great fun. And I, just to kind of put a lid under that, um, just to just to, to back up really what um, what Kiro was saying, Joe Mingola, because basically there's the Chelsea Fancast League we have, and then we're all put into the overall league, right, that they have, okay, which has got 1,715 people in it. Joe Mingola is keeping the blue flag flying high for the Chelsea Fangers. He's top of the whole lot, right? And uh, Roger, Roger, Roger Goodman, who's second in the Chelsea Fancast League, he's third in the overall league. And then we've got Josh, uh, who's uh, third in our league with 210 points. He's ninth equal in the overall league. We've got three Chelsea Fancasters in our league in the top 10 of the entire the entire whole lot, how good are we? When you get your mojo back, Chidge, you'll be up there as well. Well, I'm so. hoping that. But Joe, I mean, Joe's won some money. He's won what did uh, Kiro say? 150 quid or something? 130 quid? Top stuff, mate. Well done. All of you lot who have missed out, I'm really sorry because I'm going to be boring you stupid with this every week until the end of the season. But um, well done to everybody who signed up. Well done to everybody who's played. Uh, and you know, if you're worried about how well you're doing, don't worry because I did shit. So there you go. On that happy note, JK, we have an email. It's Saturday night. I'm running through the Chelsea YouTube channel. Thought I might finally get the nerve to write to the fan cast. Tell you about how I came to love this club clad in blue. Oh, well expressed. I've listened to many others tell their stories. Haven't quite heard one like mine. Not that I think I'm terribly unique or have a special story to tell, but it's one I haven't heard spoken out loud. You see, I'm a fan in quotation marks, from the US, the States, the colonies. I've come to love European football. He knows his place. I've come to love European football, in particular the EPL, rather recently. And by recently, I mean in the last five years. I grew up playing soccer. From the time I was five years old, through high school into club sports in college, I played through my late 20s. But being in the US, there were very few means of following the sport at a professional level, and no local team to get behind until MLS came on the scene. I wanted to love MLS from the start, but the quality of the product on the field and the lack of serious interest by national sports news agencies kept me at arm's length. Then came the US women's national team. I remember when and where I was when Brandy Chastain scored the winner against China in 99, when Abby Wambach and company took the third star for the US in 2015. I was hooked. I wanted more. I knew about the EPL because of stars filtering into MLS from Europe. I decided I had to pick a team, but which one? I knew nothing. 
Newcastle was a brown beer we used to siphon off the quarter kegs at the bar I worked in at college. Leicester, how was that even pronounced? Probably Leicester. We all knew about Manchester United because of David Beckham, but there was a Manchester City also. Promotion and relegation made picking up a hard luck story a precarious idea. Having no built-in bias to narrow down the possible candidates, I decided I was going to support a team from London. If I was going to go native, it may as well be with a team from the capital city. I further narrowed the list down to those that actually had the chance to make me happy. See, being a lifelong fan of teams from the Washington DC area, I'd had a terrible run as a fan most of my adult life. I'd lived through two decades of inept ownership, woeful on and off field products, early playoff exits and general misery. It's like being a Spurs fan. If I was going to handpick my new favourite EPL team, I was going to pick a winner. So I did what anyone else in my position would have. I googled what EPL team should I root for? What I got was a description of all top flight teams from the 2014-15 season. What I read was that Chelsea were the EPL equivalent to the New York Yankees, the team with the billionaire owner who would stop at nothing to sign the talent to win, who were the defending EPL champions and had the manager to keep them at the top for the long haul. I was in. Just in time for Chelsea, Jose Mourinho, Mark II, 2015-16. Of course, I, me, a new plastic American supporter brought my lifelong Washington DC professional sports curse with me when I chose Chelsea. Having no deep-seeded roots with the club, that season nearly finished my interest before it started. I watched from afar as the club toyed with relegation, sacked the special one and finished outside both European Cup competition places. When Conte was named successor, I was back in. The man from Juve, from the Italy side, who'd done so well in the 2016 Euros, was going to be our new boss. All would, of course, be well again. I was dumbstruck during the 11-game winning streak. I white-knuckled it as the rest of the league figured out the three-at-the-back setup as we ground out draws, points, and clung to the top of the table during the winter months. In March, I delighted in true schadenfreude style, with Spurs lost to West Ham. And finally, I celebrated just as enthusiastically when Mishi scored the winner at the Hawthorns, I was there, as I did when John Briggins ran the 70 chip on fourth, and fourth and one, I'm so sorry, to beat the Dolphins in Super Bowl 17. And I've been hooked ever since. Those events separated by 34 years and some likely foreign to the majority of your listening audience are true milestones in my sporting memory. I may have missed Munich 2012 in real time, but I've watched it on YouTube more times than I can count. I may have missed all of Frank Lampard's playing days, but I couldn't be happier to have him managing the club I've come to love in such a short period of time. I found my way to the fan cast through the boys at London is Blue. I just had to hear for myself this person they called the Podfather. I can't tell you all enough how much you and your shows truly mean to me. The perspective, the banter, the ups and downs, but mostly the love. The love for all that is blue, for all that is Chelsea. I've especially enjoyed the 50 years of Chelsea series as I'm hearing the history of my club told for the first time in such an authentic and personal way. Thank you and the entire fancast crew for making me feel a part of something half a world away. Keep the blue flag flying high. Yours in blue, Kevin 
from DC. Oh, Kevin, Kevin, I've, I'm, I'm a bit teary. I'm teared up. It's a lovely, lovely email, that. Lovely email. Oh, mate, fantastic. Hat doffed to the lovely boys uh, who are London is Blue, uh, the official and professional Chelsea FC podcast, I would say. I hope you're all well. I heard from the other day, actually, they're on cracking form. And, I mean, they're going mental this year. They're just like, you know, I think give up your day job, mate, because I think they're, 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 they're doing it full time by the looks of it. And I think fair play. They really are giving it the big, large one. Well done, boys. Keep it up. And uh, and as ever, thanks for, um, you know, tipping the wink to us lot. You know, your kind of more poor, impoverished cousins in the original country, you know, that's gone to seed. And has no money anymore and just struggles through drunkenly doing a show, you know, once every week and not really giving a shit. We're, we we can't, can't light a candle to you lot over the other side of the pond. But there we go. We love you boys totally. And well done, Kevin. Great email there. Really, really enjoyed that. Now, Wonderful. as ever, do not forget uh, throughout the season, we will endeavour to uh, read your emails out every week. As I said, I think I'm going to be doing them part three uh, this year unless uh, unless we have a a second match to review in which case I'll shove them down the end or or maybe incorporate them into the body of the parts but we'll see but we still endeavor to read as many of them as we can if we're getting like 10 12 a week it sometimes becomes a bit difficult because some, we are old on this show that's another thing that's different between us and London is blue apart from Alex who is eternally youthful uh, we're all quite old we have to go to bed early so I can't be sitting here doing a three and a half hour bloody show on a Monday night so there we go anyway send them in to chelseafancast at gmail.com alright well done now we'll be back for our last part this evening which will be to preview the Chelsea Liverpool match on Sunday real fans real opinions I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Right, welcome back to the Chelsea Fancast. We're on the home straight now, last part of the evening, and I have with me, as ever, the lovely Alex Churchill. Boom. The And her cat, and her, well, I almost said something rude. I nearly fell for the obvious one. And her cat... Bertie. Do you know what? There's two of them. Reggie's been in the house. Oh, was Reggie around as well? Reggie's actually showing more interest in you than Bertie, who is snoring. Lovely. Okay. Bertie knows his onions when it comes to listening to this show. Uh, We have his reverence, uh, Mr. Grocer Jack, Tony Glover. Bonsoir. Again. Again. And we have the lovely Jonathan Kidd. Were you going to say pussy? Yes. Mm, I thought you were. As it happens, I don't think Alex would have batted an eye, but I kind of I held back because it was just so obvious. I let you do the obvious Spent gags. Spent a weekend with Jay uh, with the Peggy. Smart body yeah, yeah. Belgium. All right, France. right. Liverpool. We got. I mean, this is sad in a way. I mean, it. We should all be going next Sunday to to see the first home match of the season. The first home match of the season. Special, special, special match. You know, you get to see everybody you haven't seen for months and months and months, or at least two anyway. Of course, we can't go because it's COVID. Um, as luck would have it, we're, we, our first home match is against Liverpool, the champions, um, a team that we've been having a bit of a ding-dong with recently, I think. Now, 
If you take it in one context, we've been on the wrong end of it against Liverpool recently. Um, to wit, uh, you know, we got the, you know we were on the end of that five three in the league, weren't we? Back in July, where Kepa had a horror show. More of that later. Um, we also uh, we also lost to them at home last season in the league two one. Although I thought we were very very good that day, and we really were unlucky to lose that match. Of course, we drew with them in the Super Cup. Um, and, of course, we beat them in the FA Cup. Uh, so, you know, it's been kind of a bit up and down. But, I mean, my, my gut view on it is is that although, you know, as I said, you know, it looks like we've been on the wrong end of it a lot, which we have. We've only won once uh, in the last few meetings. I, I think, you know, statistics them, themselves don't do it much justice. I think we've actually... I think we've played some of our best games against Liverpool, the 5-3 notwithstanding. Um, so, yeah, I mean, JK, recent record against Liverpool is a bit deceptive, isn't it, I think? Yeah, I thought we, we, we took them apart in the cup, didn't we? Yep. Uh, we raise our game for... I think it's also because they're so open. I mean, I thought all this... They, we then had the, the ridiculous Leeds fest at the weekend and somebody actually stating, isn't it wonderful, Leeds can be our second team. Hmm. Who said that? Well, that was some idiot on talks. Oh well, that's different. Yeah, as we were saying, I think the record's been. I mean, I know, I know Tony is a a great believer in this too, because I mean, I know that um, Chelsea, Chelsea's two one loss to Liverpool at home last year was one of your favourite games because you thought that we were superb that day, didn't you? Yeah, Diggs, um, we've gone two 0 down, um, and one of them I think was a, a, a superb goal from what's his name, Trent Arthur Anderson or whatever his Terrence name. Terence Trent Derby, as we've renamed that's, him, Tony. Uh, um, Why don't you stay? <laughs> Yeah. But for the last thirty-five minutes of the second half, we we were fabulous to watch. We were, and it, it was. I've, I've often liked it. it's that boxing match that you like, like Rocky won. You know, just right at the very end when Apollo Creed Liverpool were on the ropes, but the bell just goes too quickly, and you know, we only you, you know you've lost, but the other the winner Liverpool they were blown out their arse at the end of that game. Um, it was interesting watching. Uh, Sky after the game last night and watching uh, listening to Frank's comments about the fact that we were 33 points adrift of them. Um, now, I think when Conte came in, he took over from Mourinho. We'd had a poor season. I think we, we finished 10th. And he, you know, came in. We had no Champions League football and we won the league and we, and we won it in some style. And I, I think that would be too much. I, I, I can't see... How I mean, it's going to be tough enough for City to make up an 18-point deficit from Liverpool last season, unless, of course, everyone has moved on and Liverpool have done what a lot of champions do and kind of rested on their laurels. Okay, um, but I, I, you know, 33 points is a hell of a lot to make up in terms of you know just that gap between. Well, I think us. I think, I think the interesting thing is sorry to butt in, Tony, but you know there are two sides to that, isn't there? I mean, if we're challenging for the league title against clearly Liverpool, 33 points is a huge gap to make up. But if yeah. we're playing them in one-off games, I mean, yeah. e- even the five-three where we were just so exposed at the back, we yeah. only lost we lost five-three. We still hit them three times. So yeah, yeah. and I think I think they you know they, they Leeds showed a way forward. Yeah. You know, and the Arsenal fight. in the champion yeah. in the Community Shield. Yeah, but by going at them and, and and not living in fear of them, and I think that's what what it has partially been. Um, you know, I still think Liverpool will probably rightfully still be favourites to win the title, um, but uh, I think you know it is incumbent on everybody else, us um, and United, particularly. I think to to make ground up on them, 
Um, you know, you know City will. You know that. Although, to be fair, I think Guardiola's a busted flush a little bit. I think he's. This will be his last season at City. That's my prediction, anyway. Um, uh, but you know, Liverpool are sitting pretty at the moment. But we all know how difficult it is to do back to back. Yeah. It's not a. It's not a frequent thing. Ferguson made it look easy. I mean, we did it. Uh, the the once, didn't we? I think. Um, and it's so it's not not an easy thing to do. Um, I, I I get the feeling that catching Liverpool now at the beginning of the season, you know, I, I've I've predicted a draw. I, I think it'll be one one or two two. Um, I don't think we've got enough there to win. I think it's too early in the season for us to gel. Uh, having watched last night, but I think Liverpool were rattled by Leeds. I think they were rattled by just the sheer nerve of this team coming up, having been out for sixteen years and. Uh, you know, going at them, and let's face it, they were pretty fearless, weren't they? Ah. You know, Leeds, there, there was no, oh, we know you're great, Liverpool, and we're going to pay you some respect. It was like, fuck you. You know, <laughs> it was um, it was a really good good game to watch. I, so I, I, I think I think our record against them in recent times has been unfortunate. But if you look at our record overall since 2004, we're still way out on top. Yeah. Um, but this is a revitalised Liverpool, and um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would be happy with a draw at this stage of the season. All um, right, I'll be honest with you. I think Liverpool would be as well. Yeah, no, I think I think that's a good point. It's early in the season. It's very early for a big clash like this. Yeah. Talking of clashes, Alex, there, I think there's a sense to me that uh, a real rivalry is currently being rekindled in 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 the way that we've always seen it. If you if you remember back to Mourinho and Rafa, two completely different managers who played upon all the cultural because there, there is a, there's a huge cultural difference between us and Liverpool there's a clash of styles you've got a clash of managers I mean I for, for, for work exactly for what it's worth I think that we're in a very interesting phase in Premier League history at the moment where you know there's a changing of the guard I think yes. you know you've got Ollie an ex-player managing United. You've got Arteta, an ex-player managing at Arsenal. You've got Lampard, an ex-player managing at Chelsea. You know, three really big clubs with recently retired players at the helm against the likes of the super managers. Mourinho at Spurs, on the wane, possibly. Klopp at Liverpool. I mean, not on the wane by any means, but I wonder how many years he's got left. Guardiola at City, potentially won't be there much longer. So we've had that kind of era of the super managers, haven't we? The Mourinho's, the Klopp's, the Guardiola's, people like that. Maybe the coming men are these ex-players of clubs who are now holding the reins uh, at big clubs. So there's a lot of things to clash there. And I, I wonder, you know, I mean, Tony was picking up on this, Alex, wasn't he? You know, what are our expectations of challenging them this season? I mean, they are the benchmark at the moment, aren't they? Not just in the fact they won the league so comfortably, but in the way that they play, that really fast, fluid football, you know. And I mean, I, I said later on, don't I? I might as well bring it in now, you know. They've got Salah, Sane and Firmino. Um, I wonder if in a year's time we'll be, you know, saying, well, Pulisic, Havertz and Werner not only rival Salah, Sane and Firmino, but they're better. Firstly, let's just put Sunday in a box. Because I have to say, Klopp can fuck off. He really can. He's like, if you're talking about a family of 
Premier League managers, then he's the batshit crazy, scruffy uncle that no one wants to turn up at a barbecue. What is all this nonsense about we could upload Chelsea, but we don't want to? Uh, what? So you don't want to give the NHS a free accommodation for the entirety of the global pandemic? You don't want to give them 200,000 free meals and pay for the lot at the pocket of your club and do right by your fans, by your staff, down to the match day staff who aren't even contracted like proper employees on like a part-time or full-time basis and pay them all. No, you didn't, you shitbags. You tried to get the government to pay it and furlough all your staff. So no, I know which club I'd be prouder of in these circumstances. So you can just fuck right off with your sanctimonious, moralising Scouse bullshit. In terms, sorry, I'm done with that now. In terms of the game on Sunday, because he said that and because he's pissed me off and because he just needs to fucking have a shower i'm gonna say no screw it we're gonna thump them that i'm because i'm desperately scrabbling around to try and find it now because i never know whether i bookmarked or or liked or I what think, these... i think alex needs to stop sugarcoating stuff yeah well i mean that, that that's an interesting thing isn't it because i you know this is another thing about you know a potential rekindling of the rivalry really because you know Klopp Klopp started it i thought that frank's response was brilliantly uh, measured, but he wasn't going to take any any shit, nor nor should he. But there was this uh, there was this wonderful. Um, oh, I've got to find it. So some some Jonathan say something interesting about Liverpool Chelsea. While I try and find this, I felt they were vulnerable at watching the Leeds game because I don't all Leeds did was press them, and uh, I, I think that they they got out of it because Salah was on fire. The second Salah goal was uh, absolutely brilliant, pinpoint, but. Um, uh, they look the very fact that Leeds scored three against them. I really don't think Leeds are going to be um, high up the division. I don't think they're going to be doing a Sheffield United. I think they're going to be uh, found out because defensively they're a bit um, dodgy. Uh, and I think Leeds Leeds are going to be one of the three that go down. Um, Thank you, so- Jay. Thanks, mate. I found it right. Uh, this is this whole debunk of of, of Klopp, who was hippo- hippo- hippocratically. I'm I'm sounding like Carlton Cole now. I can't say hypocritically. Thank you. You still sound better than Merson. Yeah, I've got a case of the Carlton Coles. He couldn't say hypocritic. He kept on going. He couldn't do it. It's hypocritical anyway. His hypocrisy in that media conference about the moral superiority of Liverpool, the fact that that uh, we're we're buying all this success and that's not the kind of club they are. What a load of absolute horseshit about Mo- Sky backed him up. Did you see 365 that? 365 well, million. Hold, 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 your, hold your horses, because what you don't have in your notes is the bit of work that I did later on, and I've got a table Ooh. here of everything that was spent in and out on both, both clubs since, ni- since 2014-15. But before that, I just want to go through this fantastic uh, Twitter account, which is at LFC Mythbuster. Right, this is a Tranmere Rovers fan. No axe to grind against. Uh, you know, he's not a Chelsea fan or a City fan, and I can't read you every tweet because there's so many. But he basically explains why this uh, moral superiority from Klopp is absolute horseshit. Right, to build their new ground. I mean, this is all common knowledge, by the way. They basically, uh, you know, forced the council to condemn most of the area around Anfield, kicking the people out who who lived there. Uh, reducing the value of the houses because they all went to shit, you know, drug dealers, all that kind of thing, so they could buy them cheap to build the ground. Really moral superiority, that is. Uh, There's the whole FFP stuff, 
where they're tapping people up, they're nicking city scouting reports, and then they grass everybody else up to FFP and UEFA. That's basically the tenant of it. If you really want to read the whole thing, as I said, it's at LFC Mythbuster. It's well worth a read. They are incorrigible. Now, to go back to these guys' points about the spend and all of that, um, there's so many different things written about this. And, I mean, Klopp's point is that, you know, we're out of order because we're spending $200 million to go and rebuild our team and that's out of order because it's not something that Liverpool would do because they do it organically. What a load of horse shit. Now, the reality is, if you look at the total from 2014-15 season to now, yes, we've spent 988.65 million quid. Liverpool have spent 663.58. So yeah, we've spent a third more than them or 50% more than them, sure. But we've got it to spend. Why the hell not? Uh, We've also, by the way, sold uh, to the value of 758 million nine. Well, basically 759 million quid. So our net spend is minus two two thirty there or thereabouts. Uh, Liverpool, on the other hand, have, have, have sold 511 million. So their net spend is minus 150. So there's only 70 million discrepancy between the two clubs there. But, I mean, to kind of portray it like Liverpool never spend any money, we've got more youth players and academy products playing on our side than they have. It's absolute hypocrisy and horseshit, isn't it, Alex? It is. And in the week that he, the, in the week that the fucking unwashed jackass came up with this shit, like he's Saint Jürgen of Scruffsville, he fucking fielded a team that cost £365 million, which is more than Chelsea. Even if... I'm pretty sure Benitez spent more fucking money than any individual Chelsea manager, and he didn't win jack shit. Just because you're shit at shopping over the course of the Premier League's history doesn't mean you get to have a go at people who did it better. I mean, the interesting thing to pick up on something in a bit of granular detail here, I mean, I, I'm not going to read you the whole stuff, but I will email it to you because it's well worth reading. And by the way, I got these figures from transfermicht.com, which is this German website. They are the Bible of transfers. So this is this is unimpeachable, these figures. But the interesting thing, Tony, is that you know, the last two seasons, Liverpool have hardly spent a penny. They've spent 11, 11.7 million this year, 9.36 this year. Now, that's not in any sort sort of kind of moral frugality. I think this, this is a really interesting point, actually, which gets underlooked. You know, the, you could say, you could say that the reason that Liverpool didn't spend much money in the last couple of seasons is because he's got the squad he wants and to bring in new additions would rock that boat, you know. I mean, you know, I think it's common knowledge that Firmino, Sane and Salah are the best front three in, in English football at the moment. Why would you screw with that? You've got, you've got pretty good defence there. He's got, I mean, he's got a good team all over. Why, why would you want to screw with that? I can see why you wouldn't want to buy players to strengthen. On the other hand, every great Liverpool team that I grew up with in the 70s, who, by the way, Mr Moral Superiority Pants, would break the British transfer record every year because, of course, they built all their success through organic youth development, did they shit? So, you know, maybe not strengthening is a problem for them. And maybe that has something to do with the COVID issue at the moment. Um, but you, you, you could say that, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm going to go against the grain here. I, 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 like, uh, I like Klopp. I like what he's done. It's only because like, he looks like Johnny Dyer. Well, he does look like Johnny Dyer. Um, but I like what he's done. You know, out of all the managers Liverpool have had since Benitez, he's the only one that's got Liverpool, isn't he? He's the only one that's gone in there, got the culture, got the 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 the, the let the city get under his you know skin and, and and become that 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 person. 
um, you know, denying their 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 goodness, their greatness at the moment um, is wrong. They he's done what he was paid to do. He's got, he's got a very good squad of players in there. Not all of them are world beaters and little bills. He's, he's bought no Neymars. He's bought no Mbappes or whatever his name is. But he's put together a very, very good side. And he took a player in Salah that we failed to fucking play or, or get playing like that and turned him into a fucking feared striker. Um, but the moralising, do you know what? I think this is all part of Sky's Hollywoodness. I think this is all just, this is the kind of bollocks that's built up in the same way as Don King used to do between two boxes, the same way as is it Eddie Hearn or whatever his name yeah, is does yeah. now. It's it's showbiz shite. Yeah, it's a good right? point. Very good and point. I absolutely think that Frank and Klopp probably get on okay. And I think Klopp's looked at Frank as he looks at Arteta, as he's looked at, you're right, this is a new breed of intelligent football managers that are coming in that aren't stuck in their ways. Frank said it last night. You kept going on about 4 3 2 1 or whatever. Uh, Ted Rogers formation, but Frank said in his interview post game last night, he said he felt he was switching it between four three three and that four three two one. He didn't want to be that yeah. that's that rigid. And Klopp is like that. That that team, I, I don't like Liverpool like this one. I think they've they've turned tragedies into PR campaigns. I think they've done a lot of things wrong, and they may be trying to rectify it. And Klopp has been a pretty good front man. He he may well believe that bullshit about um, honor honor and, and dignity and all this sort of stuff. Okay, but the fact that you know the facts are the facts. Now we live in a society now where facts are irrelevant. You know, they they there's alternative facts and this sort of stuff. This is the spin of the media. Post fact world, whole, mate. Yeah, yeah, and but the whole thing, this whole Frank and, and and Klopp rivalry, they had a little bit of a spat on the touchline. Every manager I've seen in the league in the last twenty years has done that. Ferguson and Wenger used to be at each other's fucking throats; they wouldn't shake hands with each other. Right, but part and parcel of that, when you see them when they've retired, they both said at the end of the day they would still go and talk to each other after the game because emotions run high. And Sky want their Hollywood moment, they paid a lot of money, they want to build this stuff up and try and feed the media narrative that everybody hates everybody. Yeah, Tony, absolutely spot on. I think Jonathan agrees with that too. It's, it's classic, isn't it? You know, they get something, they get some a manager to say something at a press conference and they go back to the other manager and say, did you know what Klopp said about yeah. you? And they, yeah, it's classic stuff. It, I think... It was I, completely ridiculous, wasn't it, what Klopp said? Let's be absolutely honest. Oh, I, I, that's why I have a bone of contention with JK, this whole moral superiority issue. We're not that kind of a club. And, and, and as Tony was saying, Sky backed him up to the hilt. They even showed a graphic of saying, look how much little Liverpool spent in the last four transfer windows. And Chelsea has spent this. And they were tr- deliberately trying to push that agenda. It was absolutely ridiculous. The reason they're called Scouse Sports News. Yeah. yeah, it's all rather stupid. I mean, look, here's the thing, people. I mean, you know, the reality is, and, and you know, if you, do, you can do an analysis of this and, and basically... The league table never lies. It tends to go to the club that spent the most money. You know, you cannot win in this game anymore unless you spend a lot of money. It's a fact. You know, why do you think t- Tottenham t- perennially don't ever win anything? Because they don't ever spend enough money. So all clubs spend money. Some clubs spend more money than others. And all this rubbish about, well, we're not a state nation or we're not an o- run by an oligarch. Liverpool are owned by the Fenway Group who own uh, the Boston Red Sox. They are a sports franchise. You mm. know, they are owned by a, a company with just a lot of money. If they, if they choose not to spend their money on their business because they want to 
They want to extract more profit from them. Well, that's your tough shit, mate. We've got a beneficent, munificent owner, and we're very lucky. And long may he continue to splash the cash so that we all have a lot of fun. Now, uh, what would be a lot of fun would be getting a result against the Red Scousers uh, on Sunday. So, um, Alex, who's fit? Who plays? What formation? How will it pan out? Uh, I'm going to stand behind my ludicrous assertion that we're going to win. Um, I think Werner, Werner will get his first goal just because I like him. And I'm hoping that we outscore them because I think there will be a lot of goals. Go on, put, put, put a price on it for me. 3-2 oh, Chelsea. 3-2 Chelsea, all right. Um, Tony, how do you see it panning out? I mean, who do you think will, who do you think will play for a start? I think he'll... Well, I can tell you he won't play. Ruben's off to cheap. I'm <laughs> <laughs> fairly sure he won't play. Um, I'll be interested to see who he picks as keeper, whether he puts Caballero in, um, uh, you know, because we did look a lot more solid with that. But I think there'll be very few changes, unless Kovacic is back, in which case then he sits into where... He comes in for Jorginho, absolute cert yeah, for me. Yeah. Yeah. Is he free to play? One match still... ban. It's two yellows, two yeah. yellows. Really so fighting the fitness is there, he plays, doesn't he? Yeah. 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 And I think because we missed him, he, he is, he is, he's our mad Balkan, isn't he? Um, that, that every team should have one, as Donald says. Um, and I, I like, I like, you know, if he's he's the bloke who, if you, if he looked at you and said, "Did you spill my pint?" You'd probably say yes, even if you have had yes. My and here's five more. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, so and he, he look, he does look like a hitman. Um, so I think he he's there to put some, he put some fear into them. Um, but I, you know, I, I I'm sticking with two, so I think he'll probably stick with um, uh, Vernon and, and Havertz. Uh, mount and pretty much what we saw yesterday with maybe just a, a goalkeeper change. I think defensively, that might be a game for Silver instead of Christensen. I, I seriously don't rate Christensen anymore. I think he's he's just too soft. Um, uh, I get why Silver didn't play. Was it just he's just not ready yet, not fit enough? Yeah, it could be that. It could be that. I mean, um, they, he finished later than everybody because he was in the Champions League final, if you remember. Yeah, and I think Aspilicueta will start and and Reece James will go to the left. Um, if Chilwell's not ready yet as well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah he can't um, play Alonso. It was the worst scenario for Alonso. My goodness me. He must yeah. have been having a nightmare because he must have had that in training with Lamptey. He, he probably might, thought, well, cheers, Frank. Thanks for that. Yeah. So I'm going to stick it out and say 2-2. Two, two. I, I think I'd be happy with 2-2 two, two as well. I, I would. I think that... Um, I, I think Liverpool would be happy with it. I think we'd be happy with it because, as you said, it's it's... Second game of the season, big clash like that. Um, nobody will want to lose. Um, and I just think mentally both teams would be reasonably satisfied, walk away on as even um, until until a later clash in the mm. season when, when everybody knows a bit more where, about where who's where. All right. So. JK, um, who plays? Who's you know, Who do you play? And, and how do you think it's going to go? Um, well, I, I think he might play Aspie left back, actually, if... Uh... Um, and play Reese James right back because Reese James was so excellent, and he's clearly the future there. And he, the, whipping those crosses in is magnificent, and what a great goal! Uh, Not just, really that, but won't he then be dealing with Alexander Arnold? Who's that? What um, as Reese James plays on there? Will he be able to deal with him? Or perhaps he might then then think he ought to play Aspi for that. It just as you you know, Aspi's great and a wonderful professional. It's just his his attacking is in in nowhere 
near as good as Rhys James. He just doesn't whip the crosses in, as we know that. But it may be that he goes for solidity. But then who's going to play left back? Because uh, uh, he can't play Emerson because he's off, must be off, surely. Because yeah. um, all he does is pass the ball backwards all the time. And then you've got, um, and then Alonso, as I say, unless he plays 4-3-3 and he has uh, Alonso um, attacking again, because Alonso is great attacking. Well, I'll keep going on about this. He's a fantastic attacker. Cannot deal with 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 swift fullbacks. So he, he surely won't play him against um, Robertson. Surely. So that'll be an interesting interesting um, choice. And I'm not convinced that Silver will be ready for Sunday. Well, let's see. If not, I think it'll just be it'll be Zuma and Christensen again. I thought they did much better. And the defence seemed to be much better organised. There was a determination, as you said, Chidge, in the Brighton game. Um, so perhaps you'll go along with that. I think the midfield is where he's going to have to make the decisions, obviously. So Kante, I would play Pulisic if he's fit, just because he was so fantastic in the game, uh, in the lockdown game, um, when he scored those goals to come back. You know, that second goal he got was completely brilliant. The swivel, the chip into the top right-hand corner. The, the, I saw the chip, the drive. So I would play um, if he's there, but then you, Werner going to get picked. He'll play um, Havertz um, just to see what he can contribute. Um, uh, and he should play Mount. But then where does Kovacic go? You ought to play Kovacic. Just well, because I, I, of again, it, it depends. Sorry, mate. It, it depends on whether it's 4-2-3-1 or 4-3-3 again. So what, what's he going to do? But um, uh, Werner, Werner plays for me. And I'm afraid, as we've discussed, I don't think Abraham gets a look in. Um, because it'll be Giroud if he comes on. Um, but yeah, no, oh, I, these are exciting times for the team. You know, there's my ranting madly. I just want, I want, if we're a- attempting to get into this top three or to put pressure on Liverpool, they've all got to come up with it, you know? And I think the effort put in, I think Mount, despite um, uh, Mount put in, always puts in 110%, which is fantastic. And so it's a question of whether he fits in with the creativity. Um so um, uh, uh, it's it's a it's a it's a conundrum for for Frank, but a conundrum that I really approve of, and I think we're we're still short in terms of goalie, another centre half, and uh, and possibly um, I don't know another wing. I just don't think it's going to be Declan Rice. I just I think that's just uh, Twitter talk. I think I think somebody else. I don't think anybody will come in actually. I just think they'll they'll try and make do at the moment. Though I think they do need somebody there. What's your, what's the score for you? I think it'll be uh, three all. Wow. Okay. I think it's a very, I mean, you've all picked up, we're all picking up on the same kind of thing. I, I, I think that Frank's hands are going to be slightly tied because I, I think Silver might not be ready. I think Chilwell might not be ready. Um, I think Pulisic might not be ready. Uh, and that, that provides us with a bit of an issue. I don't think Loftus-Cheek, will, I mean, who knows? He may do, but I, 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 I don't think I would play him. I would absolutely have uh james and aspie as the fullbacks i'd go with christensen and uh and zuma why not kovacic and kante in the middle and then possibly i mean you could put mount in the in the three with them and then go with three up front which would be well have havertz and Werner absolutely for certain uh or or and hudson Adoy being the other winger or alternatively you could put barkley in with kante and kovacic which is not a bad idea and you can have Mount, Havertz, and Werner, which I think would also work if he was playing four-three-three. I mean, he played Mount a lot, uh, you know, wide on of a three, didn't he, last season? And we know he can do it. So I, I think that's his only solution because I, I have a real suspicion that Pulisic, Silva, Chilwell, uh, certainly, and, and of course Zayech, of course, would have been automatically in there. And I don't think he'll be ready. 
So I'm presuming that Silva, Chilwell, uh, Zayec and Pulisic won't be available. So no Jorginho or Loftus-Cheek, we're all saying. Well, I, no, I wouldn't have them. If Kovacic is fit, it's Kovacic and Kante plus one other or just in a two, isn't it? And I'd love to do. I'd love to not play the players who I don't think are good enough. Yeah, that likewise. My main thing is I don't want to play Barkley. I'm afraid I don't want to play Adoy. There's a rumor about Bayern wanted to come in for him again. Well, I I, I think they should sell him because I'm 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 I don't think he's got over the injury either. I think there's a big doubt over both him and Cheek over yeah. the injury. So I I I just think I'm sorry. I'm being very. Um, uh, draconian about all of this but if we're aspiring to become this really this top three top two club again that we have been in the past I watched the Anelka documentary on Amazon and Anelka is was brilliant for Chelsea and he was bought it and you think this is the kind of player that we need to have if we're going to be challenging for Europe and challenging from the Premier League so we cannot have these people who are also rands in the club and 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 I, I'm 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 sounding you know like it, it, it's 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 very radical and extreme, but I'm sorry that is the way I feel, and this is the the angle that I'm really going to be coming in from a lot this season, just because the idea is to make us back up there again. So you need to have players who come in who you go, wow, what a player this guy is. Well, I think we- I think there's some logic to that, and it's something that we've we've, we've said for a while, which is. You know, the weakness of, of Chelsea over the last five years has essentially been yes. uh, in the squad, you know, squad depth. When you've got the likes of Emerson and Danny Drinkwater in the squad who are unplayable, then what's the point? And we've always said is that we should have, you know, 10, maybe 14, you know, really good players who, who should be automatic starters. Then the, uh, the rest of the squad is made of the, the best of the youth players who you can put in and know will do a good job and who will progress through. And I think that's where we're heading, I think. You know, when you get the likes of Havertz and Werner coming in, then that's what, what what's happening. So, well, hang on a minute. Well, James Mount uh, and, um, you know, Tamori and a few of the others might not be automatic starters this year. They're still good enough to have in your squad. But similarly, I'd really any opportunity for youth. He's going to be a, 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 he's going to be, have his eye on that as well. There's somebody really doing very well. Um, I think they're going to have an opportunity. But but it's it needs to be the kind of structure where you go, fuck, this side is great, and oh, he's having an opportunity. He's a good player because we haven't talked about Gilmore. No, well, he's, he's out, isn't he? Until oh, I know, I know, but but he as a as potential. Is, is is phenomenal, so, you know. All right, well, look, um, I'm going to go to all. I'm with Tony, basically, that uh, it, neither se- neither team will want to lose this. And I think it's early in the season. I mean, Liverpool don't look all that at the moment, given what happened against Leeds and Arsenal. So, And I think we've got a, we're, we're not anywhere near to getting our first team right at the moment because of those who are not available. So I think, I think 2-2 would be a good result. Let's hope we do better, but... Uh, I, I'll be okay if it pans out like that per se. Anyway, we got to go. That's all we've got time for this week. Uh, we will be back on air next Monday to look back at the Liverpool game that we've been just been talking about uh, in preview. And, of course, I'll be joined by Jonathan and Dan Silver and Martin Wickham. And uh, we'll also be back with our next episode of 50 Years of Chelsea next week, uh, covering the 1991-1992 season. Apologies, I still haven't had time to edit both of the last two episodes yet but I'll do my best to get them up this week 
Uh, right, uh, the Chelsea Fancast is available as a podcast on ChelseaFancast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud and Spotify as well as all sorts of other podcast distributors. Uh, talking of which, you can also find the Chelsea Fancast and other Chelsea podcasts on the CFC Blues app as they put to us here. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Right, uh, quick shout out for Patreon. Uh, we love our Patreon people. By the way, um, one thing I didn't say was I need to get a Discord group going predominantly for our Prem Predictions League people. So I'll, I'll be sorting that out. But I, I might extend that to our Patreon people too. It means we can kind of, kind of like WhatsApp us, but not on WhatsApp. Uh, during the games and have a bit of a chat so there we go I'll, I'll see if I can sort that out but in the meantime thank you thank you thank you thank you to all the wonderful uh, lovely generous uh, people that uh, sign up to our Patreon page it's very very kind of you to do that I really really appreciate the fact that you you bung us a bit of cash which helps to keep this damn thing going um, I mean I can't sit here and promise you all sorts of wonderful premium content offers especially now we're on lockdown and jonathan and i can't do stupid videos after the game and let you have those and amuse you but we love you nevertheless we'll do more q and a's we like that that worked really really well um the discord is another thing i think we should certainly get underway um thank you again as i said and uh, a hello and a welcome to aravind kumar muthumani or mutumani i think is probably how i would pronounce that for joining up that's very sweet of you too now if you want to do so it's very easy to do just bung us a few dollars every month to uh, patreon.com forward slash chelsea fancast there we go also a good way to get in touch with me you can message me on there and i usually reply quite quickly whereas everything else i do at a snail's pace now uh, you can follow the show on twitter at chelsea fancast me at stanford Chiz, jonathan at jonathan kid uh Clayton at Goalie59, Tony at GrosserJet UK, Alex at CFC GWLB, uh, Martin at Martin underscore Wickham, Dan at DanSilv73, Dean at Dean Mears, Marco at Gate17, Marco, Mark Meehan at Eddie Mac, BAWA, D- Dane at DWIT9, and Joe at Joe Tweedy. Uh, so there you go. And of course, our Instagram and Facebook accounts, Instagram is looked after by Dane, of course. They're all at Chelsea Fancast. So there you go. What a lovely start to the season. I've really enjoyed your company tonight, Alex. Love you. We'll hope to see you sometime soon. You stay safe and keep up the good work on anything you need to be plugging at the moment, Alex. Uh, yeah, Great War Group. Go to if you're into history and you like the Great War and want to know more about it, go to www.greatwargroup.com and listen to History Hack because we're still waffling on and we have some great shows coming up. Good stuff, Alex. You've been brilliant tonight. Lovely to have you back, Tony. Always a pleasure to see you, mate. Been brilliant, isn't it? Um, like I said, I don't feel like there's been a season's break, but but it's kind of good that it's back and. Uh, it's funny it's kind of now we're all watching the games and all the games are live on tv it's kind of forging a different dynamic isn't it um because we're gonna have to get used to this for um i suspect quite a bit you say that they're saying first of october not gonna happen well they might be possibly a thousand yeah but yeah they're forty two thousand people that means forty one thousand people won't be going yeah Yeah. and i i i i take a view that I think Boris Johnson will bottle this one uh, on the basis that people are already outraged that apparently you can't go to work, work in the factory, do all sorts of things, but you can't fucking go and 
you know, go and see your, 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 your daughter and your grandchildren because it takes you over six people. Well, so, um, I, I shall love you and leave you. The public riding stadium. That I just can't see people putting up with that. that Don't worry, Tony. You you can come and mingle with me on a on a on a shoot in a local wood anytime you yes. like, because yes. we're allowed more than six for a shoot. Yeah, we are. Yeah, on, on my estate, <laughs> you know. Today on Twitter, what happens if we just carry a gun with us all the time? Then we've got yes. no I, I, I recommend that totally. Uh, this uh, political advert was uh, sponsored and approved yeah. by David Chigi. Uh, Jonathan Kidd, you old le- legend, you. Um, as I said, you, you and I have kind of carried on through various guises all summer, but lovely to be back doing a proper old Monday show. In fact, even if it is on Tuesday, but you know what I mean. We're going to do this live on Facebook. Oh, yeah. 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 How do you feel about that, Tony? Alex? How do you feel? Yeah. Sorry, I missed that. We could do this live on Facebook. I found a way. Yeah. Would you be up for that? Yeah, I'd be happy. Of course I would. Yeah, yeah. I've got a face for radio, but it's the same face as you two have got. Yeah, I think we might do that. I love your face. Dave, your face. No, don't get me started. I think we need to go before Tony gets moist. Um, Jonathan. I'd love it. I'd love to do Facebook. I think by a great show. Really fantastic guy. Brilliant. Really brilliant. Really fantastic um, insights and, and chats and, and also um, uh, chemistry. Brilliant stuff. Brilliant. Great stuff. Brilliant. Well, it's good to be back. Good to see you too, mate. You take care. Hope your shoulder gets better soon. Right, we've got to go. i got to go to sleep or I've got to bloody edit this and put it up. But uh, nevertheless, same kind of thing. Thank you to the Mixler people who have been superb tonight, by the way. Some brilliant comments coming on there. Uh, and thank you as always. We appreciate that. Right, we've got to go. Thanks for listening. See you next uh, time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. Up the chills! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.